Hey, this is Jason Sean Alexander, creator and artist, writer of Empty Zone, and the current artist on Spawn. You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> I'm not going to fight City Hall on that one. Okay. Mm-mm. City um, Hall's halfway. Uh, well, that could be good. That could be bad. Oh, no, it's good. It's good. Well, if it ever comes to torches and pitchforks, then that's well, that we could be... The, the water to the, from City Hall's to the left of us, the water is to the right. So we we, we got to get away. Nice. Get all planned out. Right. Mm-hmm. You need an escape room. I'll just ask Alexa and then thank her for it. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just seriously. It's, no. it's I'm not. I don't. You know. I. I you're very polite. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. If you're nice to me, I'm nice to you. That's all it is. It's not real. I, it <laughs> I mean. It's it's. I, you, but that's I like going up to the TV and turning it off and saying thank you, TV. No, no. Yeah, well, yeah, it kind of is. TV's not interacting. It's just I'm. It's a smart TV. On and off. Yeah, okay, and it's got apps, but it doesn't. But I'd have to use, I'd have to use Alexa to turn it on and off. And if 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 Alexa turns on a TV, I'll thank her for it. But it's 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 you know, I I I talk to the animals too. It's you know. That is completely different. Animals animals are alive. I I agree. Yeah, but still, they're still in interaction. I talk to my boys all the time. Of course you do. Yeah. It's your good pop. I love it when they tilt their heads like, what the hell are you talking yes. about? Yes. Or you're yeah. going to get completely fucking wrong. Like, just stop yep. talking because you don't. That's not where I was going with that conversation. Yeah, exactly. And you did not get it wrong because you have tuned into the right, not a channel, the podcast. This is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 683. Damn. And I'm Vince B. Our Vince B. Did I change the Slack number on the... Uh... I did not. I got to do that. I... While I'm doing that, and David A. Price. Yes, you are. And unfortunately, uh, Mr. Wood is not here this week. He's he's currently being a manservant and a damn good one. Uh, so we got somebody even better. This has been a long, long time coming. This is a man with so many fingers in the comic book pie, it's, it's silly. Uh, he's a writer. We've talked about his books here before, Atomic Hercules. We talked about the Horror Chronicles, right? He has a new one out that we'll probably talk about called Tony Osmond is a Movie Star. You can hear him talk about comics on the Awesome Comics podcast. He's the event rep for the Mighty No Brow, the biggest small publisher out there. It's Tony Esmond. <laughs> Hi guys, cheers for that. Yeah, What's up? Appreciate it. That's quite the intro. I didn't realize I did so much. You know what I mean? I had to trim some tight. stuff off there too. There's more, but I, I just went for the more recent stuff. Like you seem to be a dynamo. You never stop. Yeah, I think it was uh, a bit of lockdown boredom. I think to be fair, um, <laughs> the other and, and as well, I think the reason that Adam and I do do comics together, we do it. We just do it to make each other laugh, and it kind of just sort of snowballed from there. I think, and he's a machine anyway. He's always putting. He does like a page a day. He's a page a day kind of guy. It's uh, nice. Yeah, it's busy. It's busy times. I'm having fun, and obviously, I love No Brow and that sort of thing as well. You know, we, we we've all chatted with Sam and everything, and we're at conventions. Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, I'm also a pensioner. I'd like to point out I'm a pensioner now as well. So I've hit that <laughs> stage in my life. Yeah, you told us that at uh, New York last year. 
Yeah, yeah. So in receipt of a pension, getting to work for a comic company and making comics, it's not bad. It's all right. It's, well, uh, I'm living what, the dream. what qualifies you uh, to be a pensioner? What age? I became a pensioner at 51. Oh, yeah. then I'm a pensioner was, as well. No, no, well, no, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> no, because, but, but the reason you're at 51 is because of your years on the force, right? Yeah, yeah. So you only oh. do 30. I, did, I ended up doing 31. You got, I got a full pension. So oh. um, I think it's different. I think New York's like 20 or something. Oh, it, no, yeah, the U.S. Because we, I, I have, I'll be, um, I'm past 20 years at my job. Um, but I don't have, I'm, I'm nowhere close to 55. So it's, it's, I, right, I, still, okay. have, I still have a waste. I know 25 years is, is when you usually get, uh, at least with the County is, is, um, that's when, uh, yeah, that makes sense. some of yeah. the fun stuff, but, but yeah, I wouldn't, if I walk away now, I'd be, I'd be giving up the, the benefits and, and a bunch of shit. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not qualified to be one but i'm going to call myself a pensioner because it sounds yeah, a lot better than old fart doesn't it <laughs> yeah and all you pensioners out there can get your comics inexpensively and where's that where's that comic book service. that's right discount comic book service dcbservice.com get your books cheap get them fast get them delivered right to your door it's time to jump up and down and wiggle because the list of specials is up and i got something even more special this month i went straight dc 100 percent dc because the amount of good stuff that dcbservice.com is offering you at massive discounts from dc is crazy number one is actually a triple play you can get three hardcover collections from the hill house imprint you can get basketful of heads dollhouse family and the low low woods not for the cover price of twenty four ninety nine each, but for twelve dollars and forty nine cents. That's crazy. This is a some of them are what six issues, some are five issues for a lousy twelve fifty, and it's a hardcover. And I heard they have acetate dust jackets on them. That's a really sharp uh, design thing, where you can see the title of the book on the acetate, and the the art underneath remains unscathed that's a nice yeah. way to go right um well when they're acetate i do <laughs> see that's the, right that's the qualifier <laughs> number two is from the uh very fertile mind of steve gerber and mary Scrinis. it's illustrated by brian hurt and steve bird it is hard time the complete series all 12 issues of season one, all seven issues of season two, do the math. Cover price thirty nine ninety nine. What are you gonna pay? Not that. Nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. Damn. Yes, that's fifty percent off again, and certainly not least, but it is last in the list. The question: The Deaths of Vic Sage hardcover. Will, yes, will corral all four issues of the recent Jeff Lemire, Dennis Cowan, Bill Sienkiewicz miniseries under one beautiful hardcover. The price on this is twenty nine ninety nine. Absolutely not. You scoff at that price. You're like, get out of here. I'm not paying that. I'm paying half that. $14.99. It's crazy. Go. Where else are you going to get these things for 50% off? You know, I am. I, 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 I don't know where else you could. 
um, because I don't shop there. But the I, I I I absolutely can tell when things are moving you because I'm I'm a little surprised that um, the uh, the new arc um, for uh, the last god wasn't on your list. I mean, I'm sure it's in your previous video, but it wasn't uh, in your um, in your preamble for the show. That was last month. No. Yeah. Because no, the songs of lost children number one is in this month's DC Connect. It's in this month's previous. Well, it better I'm be out- right at it. Oh boy, then I guess I have to add a book to my list. Oh, okay. Because uh, I know what happened. I used the pull list function. And oh, since they changed the name of the, the series, yes. it didn't take it in and insert it into my cart. So I'm glad you mentioned that because if I missed an issue of Last God, I would have to take the bridge. Yeah. Did I'm you get the source book? Of course I did. Oh, it's, you can. It'll take you a year to read that thing. For serious, it's, right? It's it is. I mean it. It should be thicker because of the content in it, but it's the same size as the rest of the series. But there is it. It is jam packed. Border to border of just, I mean, it's, it is a, it, it's, it's a funky looking thing. I really like the look of it. Um, it, 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 the only thing, the only nit I have is that it, 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 it came out before the first arc finished. Like, would have been nice to bridge the two orcs, I think, with it, but, um, two orcs, two orcs, yeah. or orco. Um, and, and, and not that I'm getting into my previous video that, uh, that, that should be up soon, but, um, there is the, uh, of course, the, the new, new, absolute planetary, collecting the three crossover specials for the first time. Oh, nice! Along yeah. with the rest of the series, so um, I don't. It's it's. Te- I, I'm probably I'm probably beyond my budget if I went to add this because it's it's a buck fifty retail. Um, I have all the issues. I have all the specials. So it's it's something that I probably would love to double dip on. But hey, I don't have the. Uh, I have to pull things off every time a new shipment arrives anyway cuz I just got the I just got the first volume of um I got Booster Gold the the Big Fall which is the first 12 issues of the Dan Jurgen series and the follow up the, the the sequel hardcover was in last month's preview so that was ordered so once that comes out which is probably October um I I'm going to have to pull one or two things off the bookshelf to make room for those two things. So I can't, I really don't have the room to put an absolute planetary on the shelf. Uh, this bit, I'd say guys, this bit where you talk about DCBS is the bit where I get really jealous. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> no, nothing in the UK like this. I have enough trouble getting comics every month. Never mind every week over here. Uh, yeah, well, so. knowing, been pl- I mean, what, what, what is your shop? Is, well, is... it was orbital award winning orbital, but they sort of self imploded. Um, so I've gone to one of those sort of doorstep delivery guys who was working with Orbital, but I had to explain to one of them what Usagi Ajimbo was the other day. It's not, oh, no. uh, it's not easy. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's yeah. rough. Well, yeah. knowing Christina, if you hold your breath, I bet there'll be a, a, a overseas arm of DCBService.com before you'd have to take another breath. She's, yeah, we she's, have been hoping that, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. 
Um, yeah. She's a very enterprising uh, woman. And uh, the URL, of course, is always the same. DCBService.com. Go there. Get your books cheaper than everybody else. The end. True that. <laughs> yep. Apologies for the tangent. It's all right. Tangents are good. <laughs> Brian, we we love time. tangents. So, Tony, writing yeah. comics like a crazy person. <laughs> in many ways i think yeah well see that's when 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 you were teasing it going in about uh you know uh adam's crazy and he's always making you know he's making comics and he puts all his energy into it i i gotta ask the atomic hercules and now uh tony osmond which yeah i'm going to pretend there's no connection right um <laughs> right yeah it they theme in think- books <laughs> I think I put just pure fucking coincidence in the back of it. Yeah. Just going to pretend. Um, but they are they cathartic for you? Because the the level of everything, the violence, the debauchery, the mayhem, just seems to be kicked up <laughs> beyond yeah. anything, uh, you know, commonly accepted. And it just seems like you are you're sweating, you're purging out all this emotion, whatever it's caused by, on the comic book page? Yeah, that's a good question. I've not had that before. I think maybe it is. I know Jason, when he reviewed it very kindly, said it's just me. I'm, I'm clearly Atomic Hercules. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I, me and Adam, we're he's much younger than me, Adam, but we're very much of the same mind. And we just get together and come up with ideas. And I mostly just write scripts to make him laugh, I think is where I go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just sort of slowly get get worse and worse i think he's become a bit immune to it now he just does whatever i write you know um is it cathartic it may be yeah i got a bit sick of um in the uk everyone being so sort of reactionary and all the comics seem to be about all the indie comics small press comics seem to be about people sitting on their couch talking to their cat and uh we wanted to take it somewhere else and i think that's kind of where it is um of course the the difference is that um tony osmond is part of a sort of connected universe that um, is sort of vaguely connected to the Hawk Chronicles and it connects to the book I did before that, Connie Kung Fu. Um, so the prostitute Peggy in the Hawk Chronicles is a character who appears in the background of Connie Kung Fu. Um, and obviously, there are no spoilers, but there's a character right at the end of Tony Osmond, which um, comes from a previous series as well. So I'm kind of building a little network of titles. It's a kind of vague idea, you know? <laughs> well, let, let's tell them about Tony Osmond as a movie star while we're in the zone. Of course, it's written by our good friend Tony Esmond, uh, illustrated by Cliff Cumber. Cliff's great, man. Yeah. Oh, really yeah. Is. And uh, letters by Ken, um, Ken Reynolds. Kill me. He'll kill me if we get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, again, uh, Tony Osmond is a movie star. That That's basically <clears throat> the premise, right? He's a, he's a man yeah. of violence. Yeah. He's an old school Oliver Reed kind of character. <laughs> uh, In one of the yes. movie posters, there's a, 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 an illustration of Oliver Reed, too. Yeah, right. I said to Rachel, do him like he's Oliver Reed because we kind of we both admire Oliver Reed. Rachel's a big, <clears throat> pardon me, a big movie star, a big movie fan, and we we always talking about bad movies. You know, we're sort of into sort of Giallo and stuff like that. Um, the inspiration kind of came from the fact that <clears throat> I got sick of hearing people like Tom Cruise saying they do all their own stunts, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I got sick of people looking like they they weigh you know three pounds wet you know, doing karate kicks and punching people. And I wanted to go back to the old school 70s where they drunk hard and they probably fought harder with the crew than they did actually in the movie, you know. 
Um, and as that, and from there, it started as a five-pager. Cliff's a, li- a listener to a, the podcast I do, and um, we've become friends. And I met up with him in New York, actually, just after I saw you guys. Um, and we came up with this idea. And it started as a sort of short for an anthology we were going to go into. And we said, no, we're enjoying this too much. Why don't we just extrapolate the idea a bit? Um, it's very sort of UK-centric as well. I, did you guys have Bananarama? I'm not sure. Were you oh, suffering yeah. Bananarama? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we had a cruel yeah. summer. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 They sort of uh, bothered our televisions for about 10 years in the 80s, I suppose. And uh, <clears throat> and Wogan is a sort of quite a famous chat show host in the UK. Um, I'm trying to think who he'd be like. It'd be like one of your late night sort of TV hosts. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just sort of put it all in together. Cockney Kung Fu and a lot of my previous stuff has, has in, involved people I just kind of think are funny from the past. Um and uh, I just, we, here's another one, which is me and Cliff sort of chuckled our way. In fact, he's texting me now because he lives in Maryland, Cliff. He's a, U, he's a UK guy, lives in Maryland. And uh, he's now plaguing me with photographs because he knows I'm chatting to you guys. So it's just, it becomes an exercise in just what we call over here, winding each other up. Um, but uh, yeah, it's cathartic. Go back to your question. It is a bit, I suppose. Yeah, a bit, I suppose. We, we like to get it out on the page, but we were tired of being polite in comics. And, well, you know. we had that in the States, too. Uh, yeah. For a good ten years, when Chester Brown started doing the the autobiographical comics, and then everybody picked up on it, and it seemed like yeah. it, there was a lot of navel gazing in comics, yeah. and there was a, there was a group of people that would would feed off that stuff, and that's all they would read was the the autobio yeah. comics, and then if it was a superhero, auto- automatically in the Gary Groth mold, it was bad. You know, it had to yeah. be autobio, and and there's a, I think there's a place for autobio comics, but ultimately not everybody's interesting, right? And or yeah, interesting totally. enough to carry a narrative right. for thirty two yeah. pages. Chester Brown was interesting enough, yeah. But and and I agree, Coley man, and um, you know I'm a big Fingerman fan. He's um yes, he's, I'm pals with him. And, yeah, uh, I think he pulls it off, and I think certain people do. It just became. I wrote a thing recently where I said people are more likely to write a comic about watching the the Black Lives Matters riots on the television than they are to actually go along and protest. And um, I think there's a bit of like a bit of that. I like I like people to have taken a bite out of life and describe it rather than just you know that sort of distance thing. You know, right? Yes. Or or yeah. write a what if narrative about it. What if I was at a protest? This is what it would yeah. be like. Well, yeah. well you know, do yeah. it after the fact. We'll wait for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I I love the use of typography in this book, the sound effects for the gun blasts, the audience clapping. I I think yeah. the the typography is outstanding and the art is just incredible. Just great, art. man. I mean, I compare him. I call him in. I call him small press, Frank. Quietly at the moment, but yeah, uh, I like it. Yeah, but yeah. I see some Val Merrick in his work too. Oh, sure. I love Val Merrick. Oh, yeah. I've a sketch of his recently. Lo- love his stuff. Yeah. That's a good shout, man, actually. Yeah, really good. But I it's love, just, I, it's I, just incredible. I, I love the facial hair. I just, I mean, yeah, the, 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 the lines on it's, I, I really, really like the look of this book. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. That's really kind of you. The, um, a couple of it was from photographs. I, I mistakenly, one of the many mistakes in my life, had a handlebar mustache for a while because I thought it was funny. Uh, and look completely ridiculous um and um i was in a i went to a festival in la um a comic festival uh for no brow and um i took a picture and sent it to cliff of me in a in that very motel looking out the window you know and uh that became that page it's, it's quite funny 
it's uh, life reflecting life reflecting comics you right know? yeah but I, I love the twist we won't reveal it uh, Thank I, w- you. <laughs> I would like people to experience that for, for on their own but i just think it's it's wonderful and it and it does tie into the life imitates art imitates life which is great yeah uh it, yeah. It, it, on the surface this thing seems just like a hyper violent kill them all murderous romp but there's more to this book and that's what I expect from you. Like uh, with Atomic Hercules, it's the same thing. You get something to carry away. Like David and I glommed onto noodles. And but <laughs> how do you? He's a genuine person. He's a friend of mine. Actually. No yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, down to noodles. The, to Not, the, I don't know about that. Oh, I've okay. Never experienced each other in that manner. But uh, I did. I know, I know. Basically, me and him used to drink in this this terrible. And a couple of friends used to drink in this terrible pub, like the worst pub you've ever been into your life. Um, and in it was this sort of old, I think she was an ex-working girl, kind of, she'd had a few narcotic problems in her life, I believe, and she used to sort of just, you know, sit at the bar smoking as you used to be able to then. And, um, I don't know if you have something called a pot noodle over here. Do you, over there, do you have that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she goes, where's your mate gone? I said, oh, he's, uh, I don't know where he is. She goes, he, I bet I know where he is. And I said, oh, where, where's that? And she says, he goes over there, he buys a pot noodle and he goes home for a wank. Like and it just stuck. <laughs> and uh, that was 25 years ago. And I'm, everyone is still calling him Noodles. So I just had to put him in it. And uh, and uh, Crystal is my best friend. My best friend ever in the world is a girl called Crystal. And uh, I told her, I've written you in a comic. She says, oh, that's nice for you. I said, you're a sex cushion. She says, oh, okay. <laughs> really nice. Stardom does have yeah. its price. Yeah. 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 It's uh, real life reflecting sex cushions. There you go. And uh, the um, the movie posters uh, are wonderful too. They're they're yeah. very very well done. Thank you, man. And that's um, Vince, Dan, Rachel, and um, Kev Calling did them. And um, we the amount of people who've written and said, I've really, watched that movie. <laughs> we just sort of made up the most outlandish vampires in Hollywood Boulevard kind of crap seventies eighties movies, you know. And uh, yeah, everyone everyone really really got into it, got into the sort of spirit of it, you know. Yeah, I'm struck by the the Oliver Reed one. Because I, yeah. I think Vince managed to capture Reed's eyes perfectly. Because to me, Oliver Reed has very smoldering eyes. Um, yeah, there's a demon in there, isn't there? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially when he works with Ken Russell. But I yeah. I, I think this poster is just fun. I mean, not to discount the other ones. I think the other ones are, are wonderful. They're great. But there's something in the, the Lizard's Bleed poster that really crawls under my skin and, and takes root. I, I, I like yeah. it a, a lot. Yeah, I used to. Um, I grew up in West London near Ealing Studios and all this sort of thing. And uh, my father and his friends would tell stories of bumping into him in pubs and stuff, you know, and him just being off his nut. And uh, I kind of admire him a bit more for that, actually. Yeah. yeah. I watched the uh, the Flash movie, the um, George McDonald Fraser, you know, Flash goes. Is it the uh, Tom Brown School Days, the uh, Malcolm McDowell movie he was in the other day? And uh, Oliver Reed turns up in that as well, and he's brilliant. Excellent in it. He's amazing. Yeah, but if you watch the extras, everyone moved hotels. Whichever hotel they're in and he arrived at, they'd move to keep away from him. Yeah. Arguably one of the best werewolves ever. Yes. Yeah. That's a dark film as well. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. No, I really appreciate you. Uh, we're just a small press community over here, and it's nice. Really, really appreciated you guys talking about it. And the, the Slack guys as well. Um yeah, it's very very kind of everyone. We've had a we've had a blast so far, you know. Well, I I don't I mean I yes, it is small press, but I think 
whenever that um, appellation is dropped, people get either the they get the wrong idea, thinking, "Oh, well, it's it's not ready for prime time, or it's it's you know uh, not produced on the level of of bigger publishers," yeah. which I think that neither apply to this book. Thank Th- you. This is a book that I would not blink if i saw a dark horse logo on the front or um ad house you know yeah there's a there's a bunch of pop publishers that would and actually i mean and because because of the length it it actually it it feels like i i I read and it looks that way it this is something this would be a teaser for free comic book day i feel like this could be this would be on on that level where somebody you would see this in the shop you, you you would pick it up and and you'd be hooked by the time, I mean, yeah. before you're halfway through, I think, but it, it, it just, it has that look to me. I, I think it, it looks amazing. Thanks guys. Very kind of you. The, um, it, it's been a lot of fun. The, the thing is, I don't know if you guys have, cause you're such a big country. We've, um, we've got a UK small press scene where the majority of people know each other. It's a real community thing. Um, it's, it's really different. Most comic conventions, because we don't have that vast list of creators that you do that, you know, I mean, New York blew my mind when I went along and you know, got to talk to Gene Conan and, you know, Jim Stalin and all these sort of people. But we'll get the usual, the usual characters turn up at British comic conventions. But the main reason for them is the small press in the UK. And um, everyone is very supportive of each other. It's a really nice thing. And it's grown into almost its own distribution system. We have our own app for it and it's it's a bit different, I think, from what I've experienced from you guys. You know, I know you have. Is it Mocha? I suppose you have. Oh, Mocha, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe TCAF, I suppose, Canada. But it's um, it, all the conventions are supported by the small press, and we all see each other, and everyone then everyone goes and gets off their face drunk afterwards. It's that sort of thing. Um, it's good. It's a very supportive scene, and that, that's where I sourced the artists for most of my projects. You know, from what I've seen. Um, in the states, the small press is the inverse of where you are. Like yours, they came together, and now they're they're uh, putting together a distribution network. In in the states, it seems like the small press grab like sections gravitated right. towards boutique publishers. Like there was a picture box small yeah. press, and they had an umbrella with all you know the CF and and uh, uh, that ilk and the the paper rad and Brian Chippendale and Matt Brinkman. Th- that school okay. gravitated towards picture box, and then there was another at you know say another publisher. Fanographics had a small press built around it at one time, and it just seems like they like like different meccas. These yeah. artists and writers would would seek out the big boy or the big boys within the small pond of small press, whereas I think your way is a more organic way, where you have a bunch of disparate artists and writers just coming together because we do what we do and hey let's try and find a way to get these into people's hands easier. That seems yeah. more organic to me than just knocking on the door of a of a boutique publisher and saying hey do you want to carry this. Yeah, I think you're right. It's more of a DIY aesthetic, I think. Oh, here. definitely, it, yeah. Yeah, which I kind of like. And um, we we just make comics. We all we, there's like two or three printers in the country who are very friendly and very sort of user friendly, and you can contact and ask them about I don't know bleeds or you know we've got we're doing a, a different kind of stuff. for the next Hercules. We've got a sort of a plan to do. Do you have Commando comics over there? No, you have. I think so. You know, they're little square. One picture. Of, there's there's two panels on a page. One above, one below. 
and uh, they, they've been going for thousands of issues over here. War oh, yes, I have a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're just like I mean, they do the Italians do the the horror porn comics in much the yeah. same way. Yeah, yeah. There's a series called Starblazer, which is now out. Of, it's not being printed anymore, but it's, it contains. It's done in the same way, but a science fiction version of it, and it contains some of Grant Morrison's first work, right? Un, uncredited, and they're quite cool as well. A lot of um, 2080 artists, for example, worked on them. Um, but we've decided to do something like that for Hercules, so we're going to call it Hercules Goes Commando. I'm not sure if that phrase oh. translates. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, and, and again, like we have Birdcage bottom books, and what what these publishers do is they'll they'll do a distro service for um, they get buried oh, okay. in in the bottom of their catalog. Here's our books up top. Oh, and we also do distro, so you can get these titles too. But it's nowhere near as as natural or organic than than uh, your way, which is yeah, is, is more better. Yeah, I mean, it kind of lives on social media a bit as well. What we do, you know, I think it's there's a bit of that going on. Um, right. Yep. I, I mean, to be fair, most of my books. I show them to Sam and Harry at No Brow, but I'm not sure if everyone else would appreciate them there. It's kind of, kind of I'm sure they just think I'm nuts. It's a different them. aesthetic than the No Brow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it goes on the shelf next to Hilda. I don't think that's going to quite I was, work. But, I was going to uh, say, you need to do a Hilda crossover. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I know Luke a little bit. I can't see him going for it. Yeah, yeah it'd be like. You might find it amusing to tell him, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your service, Tony. It's It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what's well, the plan after um all of i don't know how many you have even planned to do all these issues like the atomic hercules are, are we going to do a catch them all one volume or, or is just the atomic hercules going to go in its own volume yeah, are, are you planning on the plan. yeah we, we 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 vaguely refer to them as um um board meetings where me and adam just have lunch and laugh a lot at each other and come up with ideas but We've got two more issues planned. We've got Atomic Hercules Goes Commando, which is the sort of next one. Um, and then we've got um, Atomic, Atomic Hercules Travels to Uranus, which is the fourth <laughs> issue. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just because it made us laugh. Yeah. You know? um, they're both pretty much written. Um, we've got something coming out from... We've got a guy called Fraser Campbell, who's a small press guy over here as well, and he's doing something with Adam at the moment called Knockout and Tiger Style, which is... Uh, Grindhouse, the martial arts, New York Street sort of setting kind of thing. Um, again, super violent. Again, you know, all, all of which you recognise from our previous work. Um, yeah, we got Tony Osmond issue two. That's going to be coming towards the end of the year. At the moment, Cliff is just finishing something off for Space Warp, which is the new Pat Wells thing, which I'm also working on. Um, we're very excited okay. by that. Yeah. Um, and Cliff, wait till you see Cliff's art on that. It's, an, it's the next level again. It's sort of science fiction thing he's doing with him. Um, what else we got going on? I think that's it for the moment. Yeah. Oh, Not well, the moment. when the Pat Mills thing comes out, if you guys do promotions, um, you are man, more than yeah, welcome wait. to bring Pat. <laughs> yes. Man, man he, I love Pat. I was Skyping with him today. The, I sent it to you on a Dropbox link, actually. You should have it. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like bringing 2000 AD back, all black and white, super light. You know, it's like, you, you, you'll love it, V. I know you're a big 2000 AD fan. It's, uh, it's amazing. But Pat's always up for chatting. It's uh, Pat's, Pat's one of our best friends. I go on holiday with Pat every year. We kind of sort of just turns into drinking a lot of wine on the beach, but it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's uh, he's the dude, man. He really is. Him and Lisa put it together, and uh, you'll love it. And a lot of the people involved in it are from the small press scene in England. 
in all in Britain. And uh, they've, he's put a, together such a great lineup. And my Vince, as I like to now refer to him, um, who I do the ah. podcast with, he's designed it. So it's a it's a bit of fun. We've all done it in house, and uh, yeah, wait till you see it, man. It's amazing. Oh, I can't so wait. You, you continue yeah. to speak my language, um, but I I don't think anyone can overstate Pat Mills's importance in the history of comics. Totally, I yeah. think the man is a giant. Yep, yep. I mean, we call him the Godfather of British comics over here. I think that's appropriate. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah, he's uh, intelligent, and the, the, when you meet him, he's the most interested man in whatever you're into as well. He's uh, he's a proper gent, and uh, he, 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 him and Lisa, Lisa's helped edit it. He's his missus, and uh, um, he's great as well. Yeah, I mean, you're from 2000 AD and Misty, and oh yeah, Martial Law and Accident Man, and you name it. It's incredible stuff. His autobiography um, is well worth a read, or I think it's on Audible. You can get it as a listener as well at the moment, and he reads it. Oh, really? Um, nice. Yeah. Yes, it's quite funny. That's I got wonderful. to read the original version, which is a bit livelier than this one is, but this one's still pretty lively. I got to tell you, yeah, he tells you where the the bodies are buried. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk. Uh, yeah. So you have another volume of uh, Tony Osmond planned? Another and, issue? Yeah, it's just two issues at the moment, and then we go back into Cockney Kung Fu. Is the plan? Yeah. You're always doing something. Well, saves me staring into the dead eyes of my wife. I hear you, brother. Oh, <laughs> Jason, come back. I this, hear you. This is, I mean, <laughs> I, and that's funny because, so, I mean, that's that's your outlet, Tony. I mean, the, the podcast, I, I joke sort of that the podcast is, is the outlet for me because yeah. otherwise all this nonsense, all this trivial shit would be spewed towards my wife and I probably wouldn't <laughs> be alive. So this is... Everybody gets to benefit from from her wanting to not hear all this useless information in my head. Yeah, yeah, we're we're all lucky men, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. But, it, it, yeah. to varying degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what the listeners don't know is that uh, before this all began, I said to Tony, "Hey, what are you reading lately? Well, what what are you really digging?" And he uh, threw a couple of uh, examples at me, and there was one in there that um, I had read the first volume, and I'll be totally honest, uh, I'm a huge fan of the author. I'm a huge fan of the movie from which the uh, story was um, continued, let's just say, but the first volume left me cold. And uh, I was talking to Mario about it, and I, I asked him, I said, what was your take on that? He's like, eh, it was okay. And so I think there was a consensus between fans of the property that the first volume didn't really do much. But the second volume made me appreciate the first volume much more than I initially did. And I'll stop v- being vague. Because um, <laughs> that's my job. We all read... Alejandro Jodorowsky and Ladrons, uh, The Sons of El Topo, Volume 2, Abel. Yeah. And uh, totally honest, I reread the first volume twice to get ready to read two because oh. I, I wasn't – well, there's, there's – I, I think there's a misstep in the first volume in the okay. fact that Ladron draws – Cain to look exactly like Alejandro. 
Ah, yeah. And I think that was a big misstep because in the movie, Kane, he sort of resembles Alejandro. He's much younger, but he, he wears the black because that's the, his, uh, his, uh, place in life is to hate his father. Uh, previous to that, well, he, he, David, I don't think you've seen El Topo. I have not. And there was a reason why um, I didn't tell you to watch the movie before you read the yeah. volume. <laughs> I won't say it because let's talk about the, the volume two first. And then after we talk about volume two, I'll tell you why I didn't think you should watch the movie. Because I do not want to cloud your perceptions or your opinions of this volume, volume two. Uh, so the, 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 whole, the big picture is um, El Topo in the movie. El Topo means the mole. What he's basically doing, he's digging through life, digging through the darkness of life, trying to find the sun, which is enlightenment. And he goes through a number of transformations on his pathway to enlightenment. But early in his journey, he trades his son, whom we're never told is named Cain in the movie. Alejandro must have had a brainstorm after it and decided, hey, I'll call up Cain and Abel, which works, right? But... um in the, in the movie, he leaves his young son with a group of monks, priests, and he, he basically swaps his young son for a woman. And a good chunk of the movie is uh, El Topo trying to gain this woman's love by killing the four best gunslingers in the, in the area. So naturally, if daddy traded you for a woman, you would pretty much hate daddy, Right. So that's where, yeah. towards the end of the movie, Cain um, relinquish, relinquishes his role as a priest because the, the, the religion in this town was perverted by the, the people. They were, there was a, a, a group of well-to-do hypocrites that used the religion in ways for which it was never intended. It's, it's all Alejandro's commentary on, on life and religion and, and, and existence and, and all that. You have to watch it. I'm not going to put words or images in your mind. You just need to watch the movie. So they, they pervert the religion and Cain tears down all the, the bad effigies and decides to forgive, to a point, forgive dad because he initially wanted to kill him. Um, and that's where it leads into volume one where Alejandro changed a couple things in the movie. Cain goes to kill his father and he says, I can't kill you. You're my master, meaning you're my father. But in the, the graphic novel, he says, I can't kill you, but I can kill your son. That was never part of the first movie. Or the oh, only movie. That. No, okay. never part of it. Cain just, um, and at, at towards, uh, El Topo's, uh, he's a saint at the end. He, he becomes enlightened and he saves, um, a group of outcasts. Uh, he gives them a way to escape their situation within the, the mines. Uh, the cave, you see it in the graphic novel, the volume one, where he frees all the people and they trample them. That's yeah. that's in the movie. Oh, okay. It's been a while. I saw the movie in my twenties, and I saw it again about ten years ago. Yeah, so I haven't seen it recently. I I think it's a phenomenal piece of work. It's yeah, it's almost too real, like um, like Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies. There was something about 
there was everything about Gigi Allen's performances that were stone cold real. He would throw excrement at you. He would uh, urinate on people, bleed on people. Uh, the, the art, there was no distinction between Gigi Allen's art and real life. And I, th- yeah. and I know, yes, it's a movie, but I think El Topo comes very close to treading, uh, tiptoeing over the line between art and reality. And again, I don't want to say anything because David will go down a different road, but we'll, after this, we talk about it, we'll talk about the movie just for a little tiny bit. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, volume, in, in basically in the first volume, uh, we're intru- we're, we're told that, the uh, spot where El Topo the Saint immolated himself. He burned himself alive. Uh, but he, he, he didn't die. He became something else. That spot is now uh, a holy spot. It's a shrine. And from that spot sprouted golden pillars. And every, I mean, everybody covets the golden pillars. They're made out of gold. Why wouldn't you? I mean, there's there's your path to to Easy Street. If you get one of these pillars, the riches, I mean, you could basically your life will be changed. So everybody wants to get these pillars, but there's a stone pathway to get to the sacred grove that the stones are floating in midair, and you have to be pure of heart to get to the grove. And no, not many people can do it. Well, no one can do it except for a um a special child he manages yeah. to walk across uh but if if you fail you plummet into a pool of acid so there's a bunch of near dwells around the sacred grove and they're all it, i mean they on the surface they're people of religion but they're anything but i mean there's orgies going on around there drunken uh, shenanigans, people getting killed. I mean, it's anything but what you would think of as a religious uh, or, or a sacred area, except for the Grove. So, um, long story short, Cain wants to kill Dad. Um, Abel is uh, tries to contact Cain because Abel's mother, who is in the movie, um, she passes away. So the two finally come together in the second volume, which we all read, as I said. And um, it's the struggle between Cain, who was branded by his father. He has the mark of Cain. He, uh, mm-hmm. Saint El Topo said, there is going to come a time when you're going to kill your brother. And I'm going to try and stave that off by branding you. Nobody can look at you. You're in, you will be invisible to everyone. You are the cursed one. No one can see you. And so El, uh, Cain goes through life as a pariah. He, wherever he goes, people turn away from him. They, they will not look at him. So he's, he's, he, the guy's full of anger, right? Um, and he hooks up with a virgin who was, um, about to be, uh, defiled at um the uh what do they call it the rape ceremony um the, it it's a feast of the holy virgin mary but they they pervert it into something th- involving the right of holy rape the right of holy oh, rape right. they this per- is the one in the town on the hill that that yeah, yeah 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 they yeah. pervert this the ceremony to something uh where they defile this young girl and that's that's a common thread in 
everything Jodorowsky does, how there's a surface perception of uh, the various religions and then there's the real stuff that goes on uh, or the way people take the surface level and use it to their own ends is more to the point, right? Um, so the virgin immediately falls in love with Cain and calls him her god. And I'm I'm meandering around all over the place because I, I think there's a lot of concepts in these two books that bash heads and it's it's somewhat like a a which came first type I mean if you've seen Yodorowsky's visual his movies you'll know what I'm talking about. It yeah. there are things that are very disjointed uh and are translation of them i'm sure is probably different than from the way yodorovsky intended i mean the guy takes his art very 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 seriously um and but there, there are common threads that that go through his his work um and then so there's a a, a fortress full of nuns in the second book <laughs> and the, <laughs> uh now when when i say nuns uh, in the movie, there are characters that are clearly male, but they are dressed as female. And the voices dubbed coming out of their mouths are female. And there are characters that are clearly female that portray men in his movies. There's a gender fluidity to his things where he likes to take catch you off guard where that's a woman, but it speaking like a man and it's it's in a man's quote man's role so that's what's going on with these nuns there are, there are men dressed as nuns but they're nuns they're female right or so we think and um there's a, a group of bandits that are trying to storm this fortress and they're not having good luck because their their captain their commander the commander of the army was bewitched by the nuns into thinking he was a dog and and the problem with uh the problem for uh Cain and Abel is that Abel's mother has passed away and because she was a saint her body is not uh decomposing uh instead it's giving off a fragrant um a beautiful aroma that attracts butterflies like a sweet sweet smell and uh it's the smell of sainthood and the the more the lower you are on the enlightenment scale, the more this smell offends you. Um, so, in order to get back to the sacred grove where Cain said that he would bury his mother next to uh, El Topo, the saint, uh, they have to go past this fortress. So they're stuck. They got to figure a way to to get through. So Cain says, "All right." Your commander has been, his mind's been addled. I'll go in and use my magic to fix him. But he doesn't use magic. He uses common sense. Uh, he, he wrangles the commander into thinking that he's, uh, he, if Cain, Cain is a dog. So if Cain can walk on two legs, then so can he. Or if Cain can dress himself appropriately like a, like a, uh, a proper human being, then so can he. So he just kind of like manipulates the, the uh commander into not into thinking he could do more as a dog if that makes any sense so long story short the bandits overtake the the nuns and Cain has clear passage but the leader of these bandits is Lilith and if you know your mythology Lilith was Adam's first 
wife who was demonic. And who should be attracted to Lilith but Cain? Cain's smitten with Lilith, and he wants to get in her pants. But she wants nothing to do with him. And Cain tries to woo her by cutting off a fa uh, portion of uh, Abel's mother's finger and telling her, that you know that bridge that nobody can cross? I can get you across it. And he, sh he shows her the finger, and she's repulsed by the smell because she's, Lilith is evil. She's, she's debauched. She's profane. And here's the, the aroma of a saint assaulting her. She doesn't want, uh, no, all right, okay. And so uh, you have a, a small group of Lilith and Cain and Abel and the dead um, mother and the virgin uh, trying to get to the sacred grove. But, uh-oh, the commander's pissed off because they took his Lilith. So now you have the commander's forces bearing down on our little party. You have these skull-faced bandits who want the, the body of the saint to get to the golden pillars. Uh, they just want material wealth. They're not thinking in terms of spirituality at all. Um, and that's basically where the first book ends. I mean, there's a resolution, the second book, sorry. There's a resolution to it, but I was stunned that it didn't end. Because you, yeah. what, didn't you think that, okay, two books, Cain and Abel, this is going to be a, it's going to be wrapped up at the end of the, the second book, right? Nope. Uh, that was the biggest surprise, uh, I received from, from this experience that I thought two was the end, but obviously that's my preconceived notion. But Alejandro has something planned and he's up there in age. He better finish this. Cause he's like 19 now, is he 19? Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. I think I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm totally gobsmacked that I perceived the first book the way I did initially because now, I think it's a very important work when paired with the second book. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you just read I mean, it's, it's, one. No, I, I agree, man. And, and I I think I messaged you saying I find them a hard read, actually. I, I really had to I had to sort of almost push myself onwards until I enjoyed them almost, I think. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's Jodorowsky's work. Like sometimes. Yes. I, I watch um, Dance of Reality. I take it you've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, it's a hard watch. <laughs> it sort of throws everything at your eyeballs and you kind of have to go with it. Yeah. And, and I, I was like you. I found the first book. Um, well, firstly, Ladron's art is amazing. So oh, it's kind of carried you a little bit. There. Yeah. 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 Um, but it does ramble. He, he does have a habit of rambling and everything. It's, it's, it's just like a page of ideas. I mean, there's one page in the second volume. It's just him eating a banana. Yeah. Which did make me chuckle. Uh, but it's silly, though. She, she's yeah. Lil Lilith is in her tent. And there's a bowl of fruit outside of her tent, and she reaches out, not being able to see what's in the bowl of fruit. She's just going by by touch, and she takes the la the largest, thickest banana. And Cain goes, "Huh, she took the biggest one." And then he peels the banana and eats it. <laughs> and that's that, that's. I mean, he takes a bite, spits it, and then throws it down, saying, "Whore." Yeah. Well, <laughs> she rebuked him. I don't know if he assumed that she knew that he was out there, but that's a lot of like Yodorowsky's work. You have to ask these questions like what in the hell is going on here? Because he, he works with symbolic language that doesn't always connect. I mean, I've, I've been following his work for a long time and there's a, there's a lot of people that think he's next level. And there's a lot of people that think he's a charade, that his work is just pretentious claptrap. And I'm honest, man, I flip between the two. I, yeah. I sometimes think one and I sometimes think the other. I don't, I'm never certain. Um, but isn't that great, though? Of, 
to yeah, not be it, certain. It, yeah, that's what we need. We need that sort of thing so much. Um, the I watched quite a lot of interviews with him on the lead up to tonight. You know, like YouTube ones. And he does talk a lot about tarot, doesn't he? A lot. Yes, his, he does. Uh, yeah, his thing, and you can see you can see the reflection of the death. You know, there's skull masks in it, and yep, the fool. You can see. You can see yeah, uh, I mean, John the yeah. fool from the the Incal and and uh, the Meta Barons series. That's a, a, a good portion of his work is based around the tarot. Yeah, yeah, which is attracted to me to him initially. Uh, right, but I, I think that the pairing here is great. Because Jodorowsky has worked with the best of the best, Mobius, uh, Jimenez, on, on down. And I think um, Ledron, even though he's young, I think he can go toe-to-toe with yeah. uh, those two artists. And, and even the, the best artist that, that Jodorowsky has worked with, I think Ledron, he's, he's no slouch, man. The work in this book is just phenomenal. When you see Lilith yeah. unclothed for the first time, Oof. good god right i and got a bit of uh i got a shade of corbin on that, that yeah character. yeah yeah she does have corbin proportions yep. yeah yeah she does <laughs> i would think like you know ladron's working you know he's got another script through or maybe just a phone call from jodorowsky telling him he wants to do and he rings his mate up who's a plumber and says oh what are you doing he's oh i'm fixing someone's bathroom and so what, what are you doing he says oh, i'm drawing a load of bandits who've got wings fighting a load of male nuns <laughs> yes. <You> know, like... <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, the Jodorowsky speaks from the old world, uh, and he's a director that will do anything to get the shot. And there's a magical reality in his movies that I think come from his willingness to do anything to get the shot. Yeah. Um, but David, what did you think of Volume Two? And you you read one and two or just two? I I well in reverse. I read two since I know you guys were reading it, so I figured well fuck it. Then at least I can read two. I'll, I'll have time to. I, I definitely have time to read two, and and this way I can chime in if necessary. Uh, and 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 this morning I um I started the first volume, and um I I do like it's it's funny. I I like Kane as the as a character, but I like the second volume, which of course is named Abel, um, quite a bit more. I, it, 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 volume one was it, uh, having not seen the movie, it, it, um, it, it's easy enough to, to catch up after the first few pages. And, uh, then you, you meet everybody and, and, you know, I, I found out how mom died and, um, and what they were doing before she died. And, but, but the second volume with the action and, and Lilith tits, it, it's a, it's, I, <laughs> I, I, I like the second volume a lot. It's, I can easily see how impenetrable it must be to someone who doesn't understand where he's going with stuff. Yeah. I, I do, and I, I can also see how certain people would find it so, somewhat troubling. Um, there's, it's not nice. It's often not nice to women. Uh, Very there's often. There's a couple of moments yeah. in it that I, I, I found awfully troubling. The one, the, the one in the, the street in the first, the first volume. Um. Yeah. J- just awful. Just all the spitting and the. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's quite disturbing. But he is saying something with it. Yeah. Which I think goes to his credit in some way. Um. 
But yeah, it is, it is somewhat impenetrable. And it took me maybe three or four reads to work out what was happening in that first volume. And I think then the second volume makes more sense. I think that's where it worked a bit better for me as well. Yeah. Although he does just surprise you with things. You know, the giant at the end. The skull oh, creatures in, in the cactuses. Yeah, that was, that was to be fair, yeah, really lovely. Um, the fact that they just come across the... I mean, it, it, parts of it are sort of two people. Um, it comes across a bunch of... I suppose the comparison I would make because I don't really know about these things. They're sort of Amish, aren't they? Like, uh, um, and they're, when they, they they're, right at the start of the second volume, after the almost drowning incident, they're saved by a group of settlers, kind of thing. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the and, and it, the settlers, um, they basically try and gang rape the virgin in order to aid in the repopulation of their settlement. And they can't do it. Yeah. She's she's impenetrable uh, because she's blessed. Yeah. And that, I mean, Jodorowsky can be incredibly tender when he wants to be, but he can also be extremely cruel and brutal. And, and I think that's a, there's a nice uh, contrast between his, his, his sacred and his profane. Uh, he's, he's relentless in, in certain things where, um, you're 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 completely right where the it, not exactly a politically correct or a socially co- correct uh approach towards women um you can uh, maybe use an example that that's uh part and parcel of the culture from which he comes uh but yeah. i i think you can uh ascend uh, away from your culture. I mean, all you have to do is just you look at what's right and what's wrong. And I, I don't think treating women uh, in a in a brutal, sadistic uh, like animals in in that manner is, is something that one should find desirable. So you 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 jettison it, right? Like everything in life, the things that don't work or or don't fit within your worldview or what you think the world should be, you get rid of them. Don't deal with it. But he he's uh, I mean, he treated his son horribly on the set of the movie. Um, right. Yeah, it's just, he's he's that director that if if there's a scene involving blood, Yodo would very much prefer that the blood was real. I mean, to a point with human beings. Um, right. I, the, the guy just, he attracts me for some, for a lot of reasons, uh, but I've never been able to, to get a bead on exactly who he is as a creator and i love that like okay yeah. stephen king we know stephen king you, you've read his books you you kind of get uh, an idea that if you ever sat down with the dude and and had an hour with him that you you can pretty much tell uh, how the conversation would go or or his mannerisms i would never be able to pinpoint how yodorovsky would act would he go for my throat if i said something wrong would he would he find me amusing like i i i, I could never even guess how he would uh, perceive me because I, I i really think the guy's on another level yeah. good or good or bad he's a strange cat man i read um i read one of his autobiographies there's a few i think aren't there Vince? yeah there's a couple out there and the first the first chapter of one of them i read was all about how he meets this sort of bike messenger and decides that he's an angel or a devil or something i can't remember what it is and i had to put it down i was in one of those sort of slightly cynical moods and i said oh come on you know, it's like when I, whenever I listen to Grant Morrison claiming he was kidnapped by aliens, I never quite believe him. And uh, yeah. I think it, sometimes his his art, Jodorowsky's art, is very much dependent on how you are when you're viewing it. 
Um, I remember watching El Topo for the first time, sort of transfixed in a, a sort of shitty ass cinema in Birmingham, and just being totally obsessed with the movie for you know days afterwards. It sort of plays on your mind, doesn't it? It's very rough, yeah, at moments. Um, but I'm not sure if I saw it in the hubbub of the day now as a sort of busy fifty something. Whether I would appreciate it in the same way. It's uh, who we are when we view art. Sometimes is very important. Very true. Yeah, the first time I saw it, I did not understand it. Yeah. Um, I saw it around uh 1977 oh wow okay yeah right. well it it opened in in 70 i believe so i was um 12 13 well, when right. i saw it yeah and so i didn't get it like i thought the imagery was cool and nudity okay when you're 12 13 that's that's neat but um i i i don't claim to understand it even now but i i get a lot more of it as a 50 something person than I did as a, as a teen. I think, I think you need the experience of life to understand El Tobo. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I, I'm never a great believer that you have to, or should have to know the background of the creator to enjoy the product. Very but true. I think once you realize that he's involved in the panic movement and there's, if you've what there's, there's a few clips of it online aren't there. Yeah. You can see if the plays he, I think was he in Mexico or Paris, one of the two, they performed all these like long series of plays, which I'd hate to have been in the audience. I think I would have got a bit frustrated, but it looked crazy. I think once you appreciate that, that's kind of where he's coming from. And there's also that mime background. He was a mime artist. In yes. Chile, wasn't he, for a while? Yeah. 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 Um, and, and you see that in El Telpo with the, yeah. the uh, performing for the city people when he's doing the, uh, the little skits with his, his, his the, the second wife. Well, second woman. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, the other thing I wondered about is why um, Humanoids didn't put it out, because it's normally Humanoids with him, isn't it? Yes. Um, I know this was originally done by Glenay in France, and it came out through Arkea, which I found a strange mix. I don't know why. I just sort of presumed that he had this contract with Humanoids. I don't know why they didn't put it out. Maybe maybe they couldn't afford it. I don't know. Right. I Yeah, I, uh, Humanoids is synonymous with Jodorowsky for me. I don't know why it came yeah. out from Arkea. Arkea. Um I'm glad it it exists. Yeah, uh, I can't yeah. wait to see how. I, I hope he wraps it up with volume three. I mean, come on. Uh, I can't see. I'm assuming uh, he could t- do. He could take ten volumes to, to tell this tale. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the movie, um, I I was troubled with the fact that maybe I because I, I have the movie I own it on, on Blu-ray and, and DVD I own it in a bunch of formats and right. I was going to upload it for David to watch and so he wouldn't he would know the backstory and I was like why well, you're so stupid why would you do this because it, it's it's going to cloud anything that he sees in the the uh, comics because there is well do you know the line at the end of the credits that says no animals were harmed in the making of this motion picture. Yeah. Uh-huh. You won't see that at, at the end of El Topo. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a lifelong vegetarian. Yeah, I've been a vegetarian since I was 14. I had no and, idea. Uh, yeah, and um, I just don't look like one. Dap. That's all the beer. <laughs> yeah, and um, I was troubled by it. And But he does have a real fascination, and that carries on into the comics, Vince, doesn't it, with animals. With yes. wildlife and creatures, the butterflies even in the second book, it's just incredible. You know, sort of rough beauty and attracted to death and danger. And you know. True. But I think uh, what scares me is I think he believes that the life of the animal is worth 
losing yeah. for his art. That's yeah. what I find a little bit unable to 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 process because um, there's a one of the the four gunslingers raises rabbits, and El Topo uh, sits down with the gunslinger and they play music. They they meet on uh, they use a language that is not verbal to uh, converse with each other. So El Topo plays his flute and the the gunslinger plays this little stringed instrument with a bow kind of like a violin but it's it's a i don't know the name of it it looks like a violin that doesn't have the the curves it's just a straight right. part with the fretboard and he's just playing it and um when uh el topo cheats to beat the gunslinger and kills all his rabbits you don't see it on screen but that it's even worse because it's widely purported uh there's uh accounts of Yodorovsky killing the, the the rabbits himself for the scene uh right. the, he buries the the gunslinger in a mound of rabbits and then he burns them and then there's another scene in the in the film where uh there the gunslinger is trying to teach uh El Topo to switch his heart and his head and there's two ravens sitting amid the the uh, the rabbits, and they shoot. And there's real bullets coming out of those guns and killing real ravens. Like there's horses dead in the movie. There's goats. Like there's a lot of animals were sacrificed for El Topo. And it, the artist in me is like, well, you could have used. I guess you you could have used special effects. No one was going to care uh, in in the this the audience that these rabbits are not real you could make fake rabbits right but that's not yodorowsky he he used real rabbits to to do the scene and it says so what is the price of art is it worth the lives of a hundred rabbits i'm yeah. not i'm not so yeah. sure um, no, i'm not either it's a strange scene that i find that really strange and the 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 moment where the the opposing gunfighter dies and falls into that puddle yeah um that just to me just looks like a, they did it in one shot and they didn't try it again because it's this, it's almost like an awkward fall right but i think yeah. Chodorowsky probably he had all this done and he couldn't go again you know because it right. happens in the middle of the desert doesn't it there's where these rabbits live oh yeah and, and there's the, this the 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 uh vistas in this movie are absolutely gorgeous Oh, incredible. Just yeah. the, the desert scene is are gorgeous, but I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I mean, to be fair, it reminds me of whatever, something I've written down about this book is Ladron has got that eye to the landscapes that um, he uses in his movies as well. You yeah. know, Holy Mountain as well is similar, isn't it? Right, yeah. And it, just in, incredibly beautiful things. But yeah, where he falls into that pool of water and the blood the blood comes out of his back, the, you know, when he, when he dies, the opposing gunfire, and it, it, it feels a little awkward. But some of his scenes do feel awkward. Some of them, he has an idea in his head. There's one I watched um, in the movie where him and the the girl climb out of some sand, right? And um, it, it's, it's it's you know significantly beautiful, but also strange, almost uh, theater like. That makes sense. Yeah, it, his his work reminds me of of the the bread and puppet theater stuff, where um, it, it almost makes me feel. Uh, uncomfortable that maybe I'm not, I don't have the processors or the the uh, senses to 
lock onto the groove and translate it into whatever language my brain understands. Like there's there, and and then I also think that maybe some of it is intentionally vague and and done that way to make the audience think dig a little more. You know, I I don't, but I love to be challenged, right? And and yeah. Jodorowsky is a damn challenge in everything, um, but. Uh, we are talking about El Topo the movie, right? We're not talking about the rabbits, the the lives of those yeah. rabbits. So I don't. I, I it's it's a struggle to think that um, that that that's what I was talking about, David. He injects his films with real death and real right. like there there are sequences in which women are brutalized in Jodorowsky's films that are really women brutalized. Like if if. Um, I can't cite specific examples, but if a scene calls for a rape, sometimes the participants go a little too far in his movies. And I don't know whether it's at the, the at his direction to do that or if it was agreed upon beforehand. I don't know. But there's a there's a, a, a verisimilitude to his movies that is very mm-hmm. scary. I mean, I I I, I get some artists. Um, needing to to make it as real as possible to get to get the point across to that they'll go to the extremes for for their art to bring their vision to life. I I understand that aspect that that point of view. Um, there, it's um, knowing the type of person he is based on what I've read and seen in the past um it's hard to say in the moment watching the movie how i'd feel um seeing that happen and then all of us and, and then of course finding out that it was actually real um the obviously you can't i mean if if, if you're going to kill a rabbit it, it's not like the rabbit's really going to fight back the rabbit doesn't know what's going on if if a woman is going to be um is is going to go through the mode go beyond just acting like the sex is rough and, and against her will. Um I'm gonna guess that there was a script that they read and they they, they, sure. they know the scene is coming. Um so at that point they can they they have the free will to say I'm not doing the scene and they can walk away. The rabbit not so much, but but the but the women, the the actors involved yeah. in the scene can decide whether or not. Um, I always get the impression they're all in it to win it. They're all thrown right, in. They're right. all carried along by it. One would hope, extent. right? Whether, whether they're, you know, yeah. whether, whether they're feeling this vibe and they're like, yeah, we're gonna have smoothie. We're 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 working with Yodorovsky and and this is we're gonna take it to the limit. Um, it it it, remi- it it sounds to me, and it's not the same thing, but it it's it's similar in my mind to to divine eating sure yeah dog shit right. so yeah. it's like you yeah. know why would you know so so obviously but that's a self-imposed that's thing i mean exactly he, right. yeah he right. only did that to himself Yodorovsky's taking the lot li- or did took the yes. lives of living creatures for his yes his yeah, art that's i mean i i don't and again it's it's it, i mean i'm sure he would probably i don't think he would have changed if if, if he was making the movie today I, I, I'm pretty sure his mm-hmm. mindset would be the same. If, I don't think he would make have, the movie today. Well, he probably. I, I don't think he'd. I don't think. Well, I'd say I don't think he'd be allowed to. I don't. I. I don't because it is like 1970. I don't know if. It, I'm. 
I'm sure he's he's probably changed in 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 mindset along the way in some degree, but um, and it, it it is it's it's I have to just judge it based on when it was made. I I I, I can't look at it from 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 a 2020 lens because right. that's not that well, this is the world we live in now. Knowing what he was trying to do and the story he was telling then, um, I think it's easy to think that he's. I, the, the cycle for me is you think he's making up as he goes along is it, the initial sort of theory I have when I start them. Then I think he's doing it to shock. Then I think, no, there's something deeper in here and I read more into it. And then I circle back occasionally to no, he's making it up as he goes along. No, he wants to shock. No, there's something more here. And it's that cycle. I think you can go with him mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is a magical thinker, so the blood yep. and the sweat and the semen he believes only served to charge the art more to infuse the art with something that had those things not been there it would have been a lesser achievement as a result so i i i can i'm i'm down with him on that front but uh i mean because the proof is in the pudding el topo is a powerful movie yeah uh, is, is, I was just looking for it. I, it, I mean, I, I, I can rent it from Amazon Prime. I could, I could buy the disc. No, I have it for you. Not streaming anywhere. No, oh. no, no, no. I don't want you to spend money on it. I have it oh. for you. you just, uh, yeah. it's a hard one to get people to buy. You know, it's one you can buy as a. I think you're right, man. I think you can buy as a present for someone and see what they think about it. But <laughs> or you can lose a friend. You yeah. know, even people I know really well, I'd say, oh, why don't you, uh, why don't you buy that? And they go, yeah. what on earth did you make me buy that for? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have it in a. Uh, the main version I have is in a box set with uh, Holy Mountain. That's the one I've got. Yeah, yeah so, uh, I've got. Uh, Fondo and Lise is in it, and uh, that's one, right? Yeah, and that that caused riots uh, in the places <laughs> where it was shown. Uh, I mean, yeah, to be, I can only dream of of producing a piece of art that potent that it causes riots. Like that's amazing. But how much is too much? Is is the cost of the end result too high? I don't know. I don't know. But um, is it cathartic again? Is it what we talked about earlier? I think you know, he's he's so mischievous. He's so there's a glint in his eye whenever I see him, and when I watch his movies, I'm aware of it. I think Vince. Yeah. I mean, there's a line in the second volume of this book that says, "Neither their bolts nor balls or fire shall hold us back." And I'm thinking he's basically saying cock and balls there. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what he's saying. Yeah. He's just playing with me again. Yeah. Um, and to, to have a comic do that, it's amazing, isn't it? It's right. just incredible. I just got to tip the hat to Ladron again, because yeah. I think even though it's a sequel in a different format, I think the there's no loss between the moving picture and what Ladron did. I think it's in every way of fitting sequel to what was previously created i don't yeah, a si- similar vision isn't there yeah i don't think it suffers yeah Did but you think it, there's, um, i read that the se- it wasn't the first book meant to be a sequel to the movie is that right i read yes. that somewhere but well, well yeah. the the whole I, i'm thinking the entire stretch of right. of books is meant to be a sequel yeah because i mean it basically picks up right where the first one left the right where the movie left off yeah uh, and uh, yikes and how many years later yeah 
40? The, e- no. the ego of the dude, man. The e- oh, his yeah. ego is, is, <laughs> is a person. I mean, at one point, he, he basically says he's Jesus Christ. There's a Shroud of Turin moment in both, both mm-hmm. books, isn't there? Yep. You know, he's basically saying, I am Christ throughout it. And there's the, the life, death, rebirth thing going on all around him. He can't be killed at one point. Um, he, you know, him and his brother stop conflicts. The, the combination of, you know, the, the women as mothers, as matriarchs, as sexual powers, as victims. And mm-hmm. he, he's at the center of it all the time. Yep. And, um, I, and I love... He's so magnificent, they can't even look at him. Is it almost an implication you get in the first volume? Yes. Well, uh, El Topo in the, first, in the movie says, I'm God. Um, but right. okay. I, I love the fact that we have this race memory of Cain and Abel burned into our brains. And then Jodorowsky takes it, and Cain and Abel are traditionally who they, who we know them to be. But he flips them in the second book. Cain yeah. is not so much of a bastard and has relinquished all of the uh, his wanton, murderous ways. And Abel just wants to get in the virgin's pants. Like <laughs> that, uh, it's it's. It's very ballsy to take that that route, um, but I think uh, in terms of the story, he pulls it off because uh, the the first movie is basically a tale of two men. It's El Topo and the Saint, neither of which is, even though it's the same physical person, there are two very distinct individuals within the movie. And I think I, that's why I, I think it's brilliant that he named the sons Cain and Abel because you have two very distinct person personalities as in so so it's like Twin Peaks it's there's a duality thing going on with the movie and these graphic novels and I uh, he's a very very canny creator he's very smart yeah yeah Yeah, I hope we do get another volume I just Uh, don't want him to die I'll be honest with you Yeah. yeah I was sort of what I did the first, I read the first one. I bought it with a friend of mine actually. He went shopping. Um, uh, Jason Wilson, his name is. He makes comics under Jason Gunn. Done some stuff out of time. Really interesting stuff. And he's a huge fan of, of um, Jodorowsky and westerns. Um, and we bought this together and read it and, and chatted about it. And uh, I was, so, I was so taken. There's a, a strange fascination that I have with Jodorowsky. I'm not sure whether I would like him if I met him. I'm not 100 percent certain. <laughs> I think he's, um, but I'm glad he's out there doing stuff. Yeah, Glad I think I would be awestruck, um, yeah. maybe out of fear, maybe out of adulation. Uh, well, he's met uh, your future president, isn't he? He's met Kanye West. Have you seen that one? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. My, my, my 16-year-old son actually tweeted about Kanye. How could you be so good musically and such a dumbass? In in, in real life, like so, there's man. hope. There's hope for my boy. There is. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, if a 16 year old can recognize that this guy's blown smoke up our asses, then okay. But anyway, so so there you yeah. go. I implore any of you that are uh, more adventurous readers to seek out uh, Sons of El Topo volumes one and two, Cain uh, yeah. and Abel respectively, and then if you have a strong constitution, maybe seek out the movie El Topo. I, 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 I hope we get a third volume as well. I really, I mean, I, 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 I'm a huge, I'm, I'm glad I read it. If only, aside from the list tits, if only to get to the <laughs> uh, David and Goliath fight scene towards the end of the second. Amazing, volume. so good. I yeah. absolutely love that. 
Yeah, beautiful. I just stared at those pages. It's cinematic, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because there wasn't too many giant panels previous no, to that yeah, to that sequence right. and then bam you get this huge panel of of this little bald dude going against this massive creature with a sword that he should never be able to lift but he does <laughs> yeah yeah the um the french do it well don't they and i like that archaea is uh has repeated that format yeah so they've given it that album size because it deserves yeah. it so much doesn't oh it? yeah yeah i would this would really suffer in the in traditional comic format true yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, on, on Glam guys, I keep telling you, one one year you got to go. It's incredible. Oh man, I, I would love to go to Angoulême. Absolutely. He was there, and I didn't see him. Unfortunately, I was running about, shepherding people about. But um, yeah, it just uh, it's everything looks like this. You, everywhere you turn, it's a book like this. You know, you know, and it's full of people rushing to buy them and meet the creators and incredible stuff. And what year yeah. did you go? I went this year, first time ever with no. Oh, crowd. okay. I, I went with Sam, and um, we 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 go there for like foreign rights and to look for new new creators. And we had um, John McNaught and um, AJ Dungo there signing as well, whose books have just exploded in France. You know, they get bigger sales in France than they do in the US and the UK combined. And um, so I was sort of shepherding them about, and but getting to see talks and I had some pals there from the the, guy, the guys from thought bubble were there so we hung out and you know we were every night's like a, a wine soaked dinner with another publisher yeah. and so sam knows everyone and speaks french which is benefit i don't i speak some cool boy french are the best and uh yeah it's an incredible festival it's a whole city it's taken over macron who's the president he, he turned up i think he went to the wally wood exhibition oh. yeah Ooh. um yes yeah, uh um kirkman was there this it's an it's another world it's uh no I'm, I'm not i'm on record as not being a huge fan of cosplayers and there was none of that going on so i quite i kind of liked it nice. um so everywhere you went there was people reading comics on the train you know all this sort of thing great stuff it was amazing what's, what's the cost of living like in france uh yeah quite high i think same as same as the uk currently yeah you you, you are hard pressed to find a hotel in Anglem, you have to. There's one hotel in the middle of town. It's like, it's kind of um, a sort of fort town. It's on a hill. There's a castle on the hill, sort of thing. Um, there's one hotel which is all the big names all book up, all the big companies book up. And so, but we know a, a lady who Stam's been staying with for years who sort of does a Airbnb kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So we stayed there, and uh, she put you know we had you know breakfast every morning with her, and yeah, it's, it's a lovely place. It's oh, beautiful. That sounds yeah. really nice. Yeah. In terms of looking for. Uh perspective um properties to to bring over for nobra it's probably like a feeding frenzy right yeah i mean we have an open submissions policy um depends what time of day and what week it is whether we'd rather see a physical copy or a digital copy at the moment it's digital um but it's there's like one or two people who ever read them and there's a sort of siphoning process to get them into sam's hands um if it's good they'll go to him if not one of the others will probably look at it, but it, they, we will get to it. Um, it's what you get when you're the king. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're sort of, the, the, you know, the, the, there's a lot of people who want to work with us at the moment, and we're really pleased. And you know, we're, we're so proud to put out people like AJ and um, and John McNaught and Luke Pearson, and these guys. And we, you know, we've got the three eyes in the nominations this year, which was super over the moon about. And uh, I know them. Um, Dead Endy has just been just been declared as a cartoon i don't know if you saw that i know you're i did yeah yeah that was the thing i was hinting at i couldn't tell you before (laughs) i wasn't allowed to i kept saying can i tell them no we're not allowed to tell them yet because it's out of our hands it's in the hands of the animation company you know 
Oh, That's man. A, and yeah. and it, is it going to be uh, uh, episodic or is it going to be like... Uh, I think it's episodic, yeah. Netflix. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, the uh, Hamish is, is in the writer's room with it, I think. Yeah, so good Sweet. stuff. Sweet. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, you have another Netflix presence, right? Yeah, we've got Hilda, Hilda the Cartoon, yeah. second season's later this year. It's been a really big hit for us. Amazing. I mean, you saw the... You saw the the table, you know, yes. we ran out of books oh, yeah. at New York. It was hand over fist, you know, all day long. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a night. I'm not, I'm not a big kids cartoon guy, I, I, but I think it's a really nice cartoon. Yeah. Really like it. It's a, a nice family friendly. It's the best sort of mum daughter relationship you'll probably see on television. I've got to tell you, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. And again, like you, I'm not exactly uh, attuned to, to that type of storytelling but i thought it was wonderful i think the animation is great yeah it's yeah. really in in keeping the girl who plays hilda is a girl from game of thrones who's the young i don't i've only seen game of thrones once i don't really know it where you are but the girl who the sort of young queen in game of thrones who kills okay. the big that's hilda weirdly oh yeah and she does such a good job in it yeah really good nice. yeah second seasons later this year they, they never give you an exact date netflix but it's um I think it's uh, they're saying fall. Well, Netflix has been more popular than ever now with the pandemic. So um, yeah, yeah. If you, I mean that's the platform you want to be on. So yeah. massive success. I, I I love that you guys are just finding inroads into all of these these channels, and you're basically a boutique publisher. Which is amazing yeah. that you've managed to achieve. I mean, n- not saying that there's there's stumbling blocks in place to to keep small press out of the the the, the zeitgeist, let's just say. But you guys are just knocking down walls everywhere. Yeah, so good, man. I mean, I'm so pleased. I mean, obviously, I was a big fan of theirs, and now getting to work for them, it's just uh, it's a dream come true, really. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, um, I would love. And they're job. they're a, they're a respectable. You know, they're a friendly. Um, they they'll do right by you as a publisher. I, I just uh, every everyone there it just wants the total best for everyone else. It's really nice. It's a really nice environment. It must um, be amazing to live in that kind of environment, yeah. where, where everybody just wants the best for everybody. <laughs> yeah. We have yeah, no idea what that's yeah. like over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I walk in sort of you know um, I'm sort of token old bloke, you know, old grumpy bloke who walks in and uh, everyone's lovely to me. It's nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a really sort of friendly place. We've got, unfortunately, now all we do is just speak to each other on Zoom. Um, the office is about to open again, so might get back in the office. Yeah. Do you know of anything coming down the pipe from Nobrow that uh, you could talk about, or is it all very yeah? Hush-hush? So we've Summer Spirits just come out. Um, that's a book with Elizabeth Holloville, um, uh, sort of ghosty. Um, sort of female friendly story. We've got. Unfortunately, I know you guys are fans of Gammy and Tales. Um, the second collection of that is is been slightly delayed just due to the virus, so it's going to be later in the year. Um, but that's I've seen the black and whites for that, and it looks incredible. I'm just uh, I'm just so impressed with Utkin's work in that. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, we can wait. Um, we'll gladly wait yeah. for that. Yeah, I think it's I think that's okay because it seems to me like the the collection of the first volume has only really just come out. I know guys on the Slack are buying it recently. Every time I sort of see it, I keep seeing it appearing yeah. in the in the Slack group. Um. That we slow, I'll be honest with you, slow down a little bit just because of the COVID and stuff. So, and comics is not our only game. We do children's storybooks as well. Um, so we've got a couple of sort of Hilda spin-offs coming um, to match up with the cartoon. We've got a sort of scout's guide to the creatures in the in the Hildaverse and that sort of thing. 
Um, there's another Akisi on the way. Um, there's another um, uh, book from Lorena Alvarez. She did Hickety and Nightlights, if you've seen them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, just um, the art is just amazing. They're just like so, just will blow you away. It's one of those books when I'm selling the books at a convention, I just have to open a couple of pages and people will take it out of your hands. It's like that. Um, another book I think you guys, I don't know if you've read Dawson Monsters. Have you read Dawson Monsters? No, haven't yet. No. I think you dig that. It's um, what if the gang, it's a bit like The Warriors meets um, uh, an anime. So uh, it's gangs in East London and each of them's got a monster and they go up against each other. Um, pretty, I think you'd dig it V. I think you'd really, really like it. Yeah. 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 The um, thing I find uh, really unique about No Brow is you don't have a company style, but there is, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, because you, you look at Hilda and you look at Gambian Tales and, and uh, you just individually, they're very unique. Uh, so they don't, uh, even, uh, dead ended, they don't look alike, but there's a language, a visual language that when you pull back and you look at all of Nobrow stuff, it, it starts to coalesce into a, uh, of a, a style, but I, I yeah. can't really put it into words. Yeah. So you have a bunch of unique properties that shouldn't mesh into, uh, a visual voice that one could say, oh yeah, that's a Nobrow book. But, there is that, and, yeah. and I, I think there's a quality to it that we go for. There's a the designers are great. You know, we've got some really interesting design work going on, and I think that's part of it. I think sometimes um, it's not your traditional capes and no. stuff like that, but it's it, we love comics. There, we do. We talk about comics all the time, um, and that we especially talk about the comics we've got. Uh, I must have had fifty conversations about in waves in my time there. Because we just love the book so much, yeah, it's yeah. just just touches you. Yeah. Um, yeah there's no, an there's really an integrity, an artistic integrity to each series that um, when you take a look at when it all b- blends together, it just it just bodes very well for the company because there's a there's a fierce attention I think or, or I can see paid to getting the the visual stylings that that are honest and real i mean there's no there's no posturing like you said there's no capes there's no cowls nothing that would speak to merchandise as opposed to art yeah that's very kind of you man we we really appreciate your support and um yeah it was not it was nice all meeting up in new york oh yeah as well um yeah it's uh I do have a garage full of Hilda dolls, if anyone wants one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The doll came with a book, didn't it? In the the package? There are some dolls. Yeah, we sell out them quite quickly normally. There's a few left. I I don't think we're allowed to make merchandise anymore around that because it's um, Silvergate who do the Netflix series. So kind of have the license to that now. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. And um, if you're ever in London, you're more than welcome. Come around. Come and have a coffee. We've got... um, we love seeing people in there. We have like classes of students come in and stuff like that. It's, uh, oh, awesome. I keep telling you to come to London. I keep telling yes. you and Jason and you two and Jason to come to London. I've one never day. been. One day we have. My, my, never my, my wife would absolutely, I mean, she's, if we've, we've toyed with the, uh, when, 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 when we're able to actually, and we, we've wanted for years. I mean, she's, of course, she wouldn't mind going to Paris, but, but we definitely, um, for me, it's always been it's always been London, it's always been Scotland because well, yeah. a, 
I, I'd like to be around people that um, I, I know the language, but for the most part, um, it's it's just I mean, there's so much that there's so many things that I enjoy and I appreciate that come from there that uh i just i want to see where things came from i i want to see, you know i want to walk down the street and 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 see you know either cross that road or, or or baker street i mean there's just there's little things i i just little things that always bring a smile to my face that i can just actually say that i was there just yeah i, I mean i love london london's great and there's, there's not as many comic shops anymore as i'd like but uh, i think you two would dig edinburgh as well edinburgh is a great city Mm. Um, Scotland's got an amazing comic scene. It's kind of they've held on to the old school comics. You've got DC Thompson and stuff like that. Make you know the Beano's based. I don't know if you've heard of the Beano, but that's mm-hmm, based sure. up there. And all these sort of comics are based up in Scotland. And I always call Scotland the home of British comics. Um, but it's um, it's a less population. Edinburgh's kind of a historic university town almost. It's beautiful. But you you know come to England, get the train to Paris. There you go, easy. That Boom, you can easy done. do that. Okay. It's only two hours. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. One of these days, yeah, yeah, yeah. no doubt. Well, so, yeah, like I mean, you're coming to New York this year, so you got to come to me. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if um, if if we were to say, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to go to Thought Bubble. If 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 we were getting, if we were on our way to a con in the UK, um, that's that's absolutely one. Yeah, Thought Bubble would be the one, one for you guys. I think it's yeah. the big one for us. But I, I'd the, have to. My wife would have to. I mean, she 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 go sightseeing. She'd do her thing. But there's no way in hell I'd be able to go. I think even Japan. But there's no way I'd be able to go to to the UK and and not have her with me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then unfortunately, it happens in Harrogate, a little sort of Yorkshire town, which is actually quite a cute town where Thought Bubble is. It moved out of Leeds. Leeds is a bit more of a sort of sprawling town, big city. But Harrogate's quite cute. It's like the where all the posh people in Yorkshire live. There's not many, but they all live there, um, oh, and that's where it is. But it's um it's a, currently a hospital where we, where it's going to be. You know the way that I think the Javits is a hospital at the moment, isn't it? Uh, uh, it was. I don't know if it still is, but yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one, and they're doing a digital only convention this year. I was chatting to them earlier, um, and hoping it's going to move move back into Harrogate next year. But it's a hell of a place. It's a great convention. It's all in one big hall now. Oh, the pubs are just full of people. Like I say, you have to buy a new liver if you come over. It's quite boozy. So, yeah. Harris, Sarah Harris will want to meet you. She's always, she's a regular at Thought Bubble. I'll always see her there. Yeah, she, oh. she's desperate to meet you guys again. She, I, I love Sarah. It's great, and she it's great. She's yeah, tough as iron that woman. She owes me another page. She promised to do another story with me. So. I'll keep <laughs> <on>. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, is there anything we didn't? Uh, Anything you guys want to talk about? Anything in comics? What 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 have you been reading that's really exciting you? I seem to have done a lot of talking. Did you want to? One of you guys wanted to talk about something? Or? We haven't <laughs> we haven't really heard from David. I, I mean, it's just it's we 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 got a guess. There wasn't a whole lot um, for me to. Um, the hell did I um. What did I put on this list? I did. I, for whatever reason, I'm as I'm putting things, um, as I'm pulling items and 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 setting things up, up for care packages and whatnot. I'm, I'm as it always happens. You go through some boxes and and there are things you know you pull out and you just sit down and you start reading. And and there were things that um that I came across that I hadn't read yet. Um, and some of them were just a little 
a little weird. Some of them I remember, but I don't. Um, I, I I remember when it came out. I just never really um, read them. And, and one of them um, was the sequel to the whole DC Hanna Barbera thing. And and the second round, one of the one shots was Green Lantern and Huckleberry Hound. And what was weird, it wasn't. I mean, it it, it wasn't wasn't a bad story. It was kind of heavy. Um, and it takes place in, in the seventies and the green lantern in question is, uh, is John Stewart. And it's, it's, uh, shortly after he gets his ring, uh, Katma is, uh, kind of training him a little bit and, and, uh, she sends him back home to earth, um, for his next test, which is, uh, to take, to have your power ring, but, um, but don't use it. And it's 1972 and, and, um, and he's back from, uh, from the Vietnam war. And there's, it, it's, it's kind of topical in the sense that they're timely because there are, um, there's some veterans he's hanging out with and, um, and he notices that, uh, Huckleberry Hound is, um, doing a show at the um on stage like around the corner um so so they're the guys don't want to go john goes by himself ends up talking to huckleberry roundhouse for a little bit and after the set um huck is talking about how he's kind of down on his luck these days because uh he made some jokes about about nixon um pulled off the stage was kind of uh and his cartoon was canceled shortly after that um, and John goes home, spends some time with his mom. They go and pick up, um, his, uh, his, they, they, they're, they're, um, they're at his brother's, um, uh, gravesite, John's brother's gravesite. And, um, and his his uh, his brother they 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 talk about um, what happened and um, and how he died. Apparently, uh, it, it involved um, some cops, and uh, it, it it it's it's not a um, it's not necessarily a very happy and. and uh, happy story because even huckleberry hound for whatever reason and, and and i'm sorry the the art is um the art's great because it's it's uh it's rick leonardi with um with Andy parks and uh dan green on inks but it's written by mark russell um oh good i like his stuff yeah really. yeah yeah he he um he tends not to really pull any punches um because i his flintstones was fantastic the um when when um what was the McCarthy era one he did? Um, was that Snagglepuss? Oh, I really like that. I thought it was great. I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I I read the first issue. That one didn't grab me as much as some of his other stuff did. Right. Um, but I know. I, but but people that I do know who, who stuck with it seem to enjoy it. Um, so yeah. So there's basically. I mean, there's there's racial tension between between the cops and um, and and the the black veterans on. Uh, 
in Detroit. Um, Huck is talking about uh, what he's hearing John's story about his brother. He's talking about growing up in Mississippi. Um, and uh, and apparently Huck knows some, uh, was neighbors with some clan members. Um, and when Huck finds out that John Stewart is Green Lantern, he's like, well, dude, like you could, you have the power, like put on in to this whole, the whole race riot thing. Like you just, you could stop it right now. Like, why don't you? And, um, and it causes John Stewart to think about, um, one mission he was on with Cat Matui where they went to go see, um, uh, they went to a planet, um, where she was regaling him with the story of Sinestro being in control of this one planet. Um, and he wasn't, it, it, people weren't civil because he showed them how to be civil. They were basically scared. And when he left, because he had the guardians called him on to another mission, um, there's basically civil unrest and, and the inhabitants of the city were just tearing each other apart. Um, but when uh, when the riot makes its way towards this bar that that, that Huck and John are at, um, they get into it. Huck throws uh, hits some cops over the head with some of his records that he was selling out of his trunk. Um, cop pulls a gun, and before um, Huck can get shot, that's when John pulls out the ring, puts everybody in their place, um, and when. Uh, when Katmus shows up, he's like, you know, I, I guess you want your ring back. And, and she's like, well, why would I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not taking the ring back. Cause, cause John's like, I would do the same thing all over again. Like you, you put me in this position. I have this power. That's how I'm going to react. So, so if, if I've, maybe I failed the test, I didn't do what you wanted me to do. She's like, no, the, the, um, the, the test wasn't, to see if you could follow the rules. The test was to see if you knew if, if you would know when, when to disobey the rules, when to actually think for yourself and go into action. So, um, so that's, that's what happened there. Um, and then a year later, John and Huck meet again. It wasn't, it, it, it wasn't, um, you know, some of the earlier first round of, of Hanna-Barbera books were, um, I don't remember them being, um, like I said, so heavy. This was uh, this is just one of those things where I mean, and and these were published either in 2018 or, um, yeah, December 2018 is the cover date on this one. So I mean, it's not like it, it, again, these these are stories that aren't um, unheard of or or would be shocking or or new. It's just I mean, almost two years later, and and still nothing has changed. And even, even the story takes place in the seventies and, and still nothing has changed. So it was, but it, again, I, I was, I was nice. It was nice to see the Leonardo artwork. Um, it was nice to see John Stewart presented in, in a story like this. Um, because I do, even though you have, um, our traveling heroes and, and, and when that, when that story was taken, when, when those, issues were coming out and, and, and Denny and, and Neil were telling those stories. Um, you know, it's still, still a couple of white guys talking about being written and drawn by a couple of white guys about, you know, 
how other people should should, should be and, and and treat one another and and here um you know seeing seeing the story from from John Stewart's point of view um it it makes a little bit more sense it it it's uh it's not uh it's not out of the realm of of possibility i guess i'll say but uh the other one um the other one i read which was just weird um and that's what a lot of them were i i haven't again i haven't read them all i just kind of flipped through the ones that were interesting to me but the, but the deathstroke and yogi bear one was just <laughs> what a combination eh? bonkers. Who'd have thought? <laughs> i mean it's it's and and it's been a minute since i saw um frank Thierry's name on a comic book and and he he wrote this and, and mark texiera did the art um and i i just i didn't um i really wasn't feeling it 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 that one that one kind of just felt kind of flat for me it was um it was just kind of a, a of an odd pairing um but yeah i mean that those so the other one shots and so I, I appreciate, you know, DC kind of taking a stab at something and, and, and trying to run with it. But but um, what Marvel was doing um, recently during their during their 80th um, anniversary is they would um, they would take their properties and they would bring back the creators from various times of um, in those 80 years. For example, um there was a Power Pack one shot called Power Pack Grow Up, and it's written by Louise Simonson with pencils by Drew Brigman. And, you know, love June's work. She's great on Captain Ginger. She's great on Brenda Starr. Um, but this this absolutely felt like it took place during the original Power Pack run when it was coming out back in the 80s. And it's it, it, one of those things where it's just it's not tied into anything going on right now. You're not, it, this isn't necessarily, you get to the end of it and you're like, Oh, if, um, you know, to see more about the powers kids, then you can, I mean, yeah, there's, there's an ad in the back for, um, the four volumes, or you can go to Marvel unlimited three D issues, but, but this wasn't, this wasn't designed to be a tease. Like you got half a story. And if you want to continue it, then, you know, get ready for for a new series this was just it was almost like an annual and and um and it involved wolverine and kitty pride and and lila because they were going to central park to see a concert and it just it and, and the brood were involved it was it was a fun little story and it just it absolutely transported me back to when because I, I remember buying the double size first issue i remember exactly the stationery store i bought it from i just it really did just bring me back to because i know i know the powers kids have grown up i know alex was part of um the fantastic four and and we've seen we've seen the characters lately and and not as they were originally but here it's still katie baby it's still it, it it's still mom and dad who look just like walt and wheezy it's it was a fun little one shot i really did um i really did appreciate it so there was um i i again it, it's yeah it's it's a cash grab or marvel's taking advantage of 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 their anniversaries but i mean the fact that they brought these two creators together co-creators to to work on on characters that uh that they brought up um i i i can't be mad at that good stuff man um i've got one vince if you want should... by all means 
Okay. Um, one that I've been shouting about a bit recently, actually, and I sort of discovered on Comixology, as we all now sit in our houses reading Comixology and can't get to shops, but uh, it's uh, Let's All Die, one and two. Have you have you guys read this? From <laughs> No, but I like the title. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's quite nihilistic. It's quite a strange one. It's um, from a company called Handwritten Entertainment. I think they've only got two comics out, and it's written by Sean Gabarin, who I think it's something to do with Action Lab. I think he's kind of one of the editors over there. Art by Mich- Michaela DeSacco, color by Jan Pevrelay, I think it is. Um, I was just looking for a new series to follow. You know, as, as we are these days, there's not there's not a huge amount out there at the moment. And um, it starts with a girl sitting on a balcony, and she is t- uh, sort of tempting herself to kill herself. So she's sort of leaning forward more and more and more, um, and she wants to die, but she doesn't can't quite let go and fall to her death. And then it, it flashes to um, a help group, self-help group, and it t- turns out that she's been telling the group this story, and it's full of people who have either tried to kill themselves or want to kill themselves or have suicidal feelings. And it conflates that into a story of, like, the Friday the 13th, so is it, what are they called, summer camps? Is that what you guys call them, sort of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, it conflates itself to that. So the group, a number of members of the group are asked to stay behind, and the guy turns up and he says, look, I've got a summer camp, and it's haunted by this... This is not haunted, but there's this killer in the woods who's actually my brother, who looks like Jason Bohores or someone like that. Um, you guys want to die? Why don't you go to this summer camp and he can kill you? Um, so they head off to this summer camp. They 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 have a car. They all go in the same minivan. They throw the keys from the minivan into the lake, so they can't possibly drive away. So they're forced to die in this camp. And he the killer turns up, and it's just a sort of this really clever twist on the ideas you know the way that everyone sort of lauded the screen movies for you know playing on the cliches and this plays on them again it sort of reverses it all again so you've got this double-edged sword of these people want to die but will they allow him to kill he walks into one of the cabins and one of the girls hides under the bed and you're thinking yeah, but you wanted to die, didn't you? Well, why? And it's this sort of fight or flight thing enters into them. And they're all sitting around the, the fire talking about how, you know, they won't want to die and, you know, how their lives have been terrible. And a girl turns up just out of the woods. She says, my car's broken down down the road. Do you mind if I stay overnight and you know, try and get a lift in the morning? And you begin to suspect that something different is going on. Something, um, there's, some, there's a plan here somewhere. Who is this girl? Why is she there? This is a strange coincidence. And she sees their car and they say, we haven't got the keys to it. Um, and it's just clever. It plays with stuff that we've, we all think we know. You know, we all think we know these slasher movies and there have been thousands of them, aren't there? But that he's, he's a clever writer, Sean Gabarin. I think he wrote some of the Puppet Master comics um, out of Action Lab. I don't know if I think you're right. Them. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and I, I really like that stuff. I really like what he did with it. And... It follows these characters around, and you begin to suspect them: who's real, who's not, who's really the killer, what's going on in this island, you know, in this summer camp. Why aren't they just letting themselves kill? But deaths do occur. There are there are two murders that happen in the first two issues. Now, that to me, that would you know, a lot of comic series will have that set up in the first issue, and then we'll have to sort of just groan our way through the rest of the series, and no other ideas are forthcoming. But Gabrin kind of. He adds ideas as you go along and that he peppers them throughout the first two issues. And I kind of get the sense that it's a limited series and he'll do that through the next two as well. Um, I'd not seen handwritten entertainment before, you know, just 
absolute accident that i came across i'll come across them on comiXology but it's a great idea the art is fairly realistic it's got that sort of realistic style to it but everyone's very distinct you can tell the difference between all the characters they all have distinctive personalities and ways of doing stuff and their own stories which makes it interesting and you could look at it and it does look like all the characters in it do look like the poster from i know what you did last summer or something but there's more to it there's a there's a deeper darkness to it that's um quite clever it's just something i hadn't seen before and and suddenly struck me this is this is some good writing man this is out of the box writing i think in the same afternoon i read that in avengers empire zero and one was a snooze fest and the other one was let's all die so there you go nice it sounds sounds like it's in my wheelhouse yeah it's interesting neat yeah which is what i need yeah i can can't get enough interesting yeah it's what we yeah. It's what we all need right now. And you know where you can get interesting? Where it is? <laughs> Discount comic book service, DCBService.com. One more time, DCBService.com is going to get you the books you want at the price you want to pay. It's an all DC month. Rarely do this, but I thought, wow, there's a lot of really good books coming out for not a whole lot of money. We'll tell you about them. From Hill House, you get Basketful of Heads, Dollhouse Family. And the Low Low Woods hardcovers. Some of them are seven issues, some of them are six. Twenty four ninety nine cover price, you're only gonna pay twelve dollars and forty nine cents. Number two is the question, the Deaths of Vic Sage hardcover for a paltry fourteen ninety nine, and you got your hard time, the complete series by Steve Gerber, one of the all time best, and Mary Scrin is um thirty nine ninety nine cover price, your price nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents crazy cheap do yourself a favor go there you'll be able to buy a lot more comics with your money in your travels my box came today Ooh. and what do you know a book um that has made uh this is the second round from this book it was initially published they uh i don't know if they sold through but they they resolicited it and uh i initially uh didn't order it because i thought what is this book going to teach me i i have stuff by all of these people i'm not going to waste the money on it but it's it's a tashin book so there's no such thing as wasting money on a tashin book um it is called 100 manga artists and what it does is um for every artist, you'll get a, a, a paragraph or two of uh, descriptive text telling you about their careers, who they are, what they do. You'll get um, a list of, you know, where they were born, what their debut work was, what are they best known for, uh, has their stuff ever been adapted to anime, did they ever win a, an award? And the big names are in here. Akira Toriyama, Osamu Tezuka. I mean, we would assume that those two would be in here, right? Uh, Kazuo Omezu. But there are guys in here that I have never heard of before. Um, I won't go down that list, but going to guys in here, of course. Um, geez, there's so many. But what they do is you get the, the, the page of description, and then you get maybe three or four uh, full pages of their art. And it's a hardcover, a compact, uh, Suehir Maro's in here. You get, uh, a nice overview of the many, many different styles of, uh, 
mangaka. And it's a nice volume to have on your shelf uh, if you hear of an artist. I mean, it, it's, it takes the place of Google, right? Because, I mean, what I do whenever I hear an artist's name with I'm not familiar with, I just Google it. But now I can go to my shelf and pick out a book. And here, I bet you it would be in here. It's a really nicely made book, but it's Tashin, like Joe Redundant over here. Uh, glossy paper, just super presentation. I don't remember how much I paid for this thing. Uh, Kango Hanazawa's in here from um, I'm a Hero. But as I'm going through it, I don't see Hideshi Hino. I may be wrong that uh, he may not be in here, but that's just a crazy omission to not have Hideshi Hino in a, in a you know, 100 manga artist book. But Inio Asano's in there, so um, our friend will be pleased. I just think it's a great little book. I don't remember what I paid for it, but I would guess maybe around 12 bucks, 13 bucks. Well worth every penny. So it's called 100 Manga Artists. It has a dust jacket, which will be, you know, removed. But uh, <laughs> it's just, I think it's pretty much indispensable, especially if you're a novice to, to manga. And, you know, why waste your time looking at a glowing screen when you can read an honest-to-God book? So there you go. It's just great reference material. Wonderful. Love it. Yeah. Um, I was just looking to see when, um, when my next, because uh, it is, it's the beginning of the month, and I haven't, uh, the last box I got was the beginning of June, so it, it is, it is preparing to ship. I was looking at the shipping list. There's some good stuff on it, um, like volumes one and three of Silent Invasion and Paramus and a couple other things, but. Oh, wait till um, you see. Paramus. It's it's about okay. three three inches thick. Yeah, I you're gonna you could kill a person with this book. Good. <laughs> um, so I can't I can't wait to get that box. Um, so in your travels, uh, another one shot. Um, actually, an annual from uh, 2018. This is uh, Just League of America annual. This is the team that um, that. Steve Orlando had uh, put together with um, with Batman as the lead, with Lobo, the Ray, Black Canary, um, I think Vixen. But uh, this particular annual caught my eye, is of interest to me, um, because Lobo is the star of the show, and Black Canary is in tow. And you have... Um, uh, Art by Mr. Kelly Jones. So it looks pretty spiffy. Um, it's uh, and it's a story that takes place in space. And uh, I like Orlando's take on the main man. Uh, he and uh, Lobo and, and Black Canary have a have some pretty strong conversations they they feel a certain way about each other um and and uh canary brooks no bullshit and she um she tells lobo how it is and and what she's like but what um so this story takes place where the rest of the justice league are on some mission um 
but Canary and, and Lobo were left behind. So Lobo's like, listen, uh, the, one of the reasons why I'm on this team is because Batman was supposed to hook me up with some information. And um, basically, uh, Batman was... Um, Lobo wanted information from Batman, and and uh, Batman ends up finding it. It wasn't easy to find. It wasn't easy to obtain. Um, but Lobo was looking for the Space Dolphin homeworld. And uh, the Space Dolphins are honor-bound to hide their world from the uncivil, which is obvious why Lobo doesn't have that information. Um, so Batman and Aquaman were able to pinpoint the planet's location. He's given that information to... Lobo, and so, um, so Lobo knows someone's been hurting the dolphins, so now he wants, um, he, he wants Canary to work with him, um, to, uh, take care of whoever is hurting these dolphins, and what I really liked about this particular story is that it connects all the way back to Lobo's first miniseries where the one person that he wanted to kill for writing that unauthorized autobiography or biography, um, he ended up having to protect through three and a half issues only to get to the end. The fourth, um, after delivering her to Vril. Um, spoilers. The person who is hurting the dolphins is the son of that teacher, of Miss Trib. And revenge takes place. And and it's a... Um, I, I just... I really... This, this hit a sweet spot for me because we did recently have the book of the month with Lobo and we talked about the miniseries and, and this... Um, this was, I, I, I thought this was a, a nice little um, sort of sequel to that. Because it, it kind of came out of the blue. I mean, that, that's a story that's over like 20 years old. So, I mean, for, for Orlando to make those kind of Bendisi-level connections with, with, with a story like that uh, hit me right. Um, but, yeah, I thought, the, uh, I, I thought Kelly's art... Stellar in some spots, uh, in most spots, um, looked great. It was a pretty funky story. Um, dolphins are saved. It's, uh, it, it, it ends on a high note. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really did appreciate this. So this was just one of those annuals, uh, in the post rebirth, rebirth era, um, where, uh, I thought, uh, DC hit a home run with it. So Justice League of America annual, from the Rebirth Era, number one. Cool. What can't you got, Tony? Can't beat the main man. No. Exactly. Um, I kind of feel like I've just spent the whole night talking about murder and rape. Apologies for that. Sorry, <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> I love, oh, I love yeah. guys. I've, I, I said to you earlier, I've been listening <laughs> to you guys since um, the early days, since the, the other podcast you did. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, so I thought um, 
I would uh, also mention an art book, Vince, if that's right. Um, another one that I think um, the, the creator might owe me a few quid, the amount of times I've, I've pimped it, but uh, it's Masters of British Comic Art by David Roach. Oh, sure nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a hell of a book, man. It's, uh, the cover's, um, I think it's a bowling cover. Um, yes. th- th- and then there's a, I think there's a variant which David Roach, I mean, David Roach himself ain't no slouch in the art stakes. He's done a, a lot of Judge Anderson and stuff like that. He's a, he's, he's, he's a real, he's a really nice geezer. Um, it's a history of British comics art. And but it's full of pages of um, different creators just leafing through. There's Dave Gibbons, um, there's uh, Carlos, and the, you know the ones you might have heard of. And there's people like Leo Davey who did Girl Comic. You know the sort of tradition of British comics back in the day of being weekly. And these comics were selling hundreds of thousands an issue. You know, um, we've got John M. Burns, uh, Jamie Hewlett, Don Lawrence. I know you, you your fans of his stuff. Uh, Frank Bellamy, um, you name it, they're in it. it all the way, all the way through. We've um, there's a bit of no brow in the back of it. Um, we talk about he, he he came and had a chat with me at um, Thought Bubble a couple of years, and a lot of what I said to him turned up in here, which I mean, it was really nice to see. Simon Colby, Steve Yole, you name it. Um, Barry Windsor Smith's got a couple of pages, but it's kind of it's interesting because the more um, currency you have in British comics. Um, the more pages you get in it. So John M. Burns has got four pages. Don Lawrence has got five pages. Um, some people you might be surprised. So if I've only got maybe two, Ian Kennedy, if you're aware of Ian Kennedy's work. Wow. Um, yeah, he, he, he did some amazing stuff. There's four pages that um, for Cam Kennedy in here. I'm a huge Cam Kennedy. Yes. Um, Mark, just incredible stuff. Um, Dave does um, just books. He does comics as well, but you f- make sure you follow him on Facebook. He, he's an education Yeah, every day. He's like, oh, have you heard of this person? Have you heard of that person? I found this obscure piece of art. He did one on the Spanish creators, uh, and he's done this, and it came out, I'm going to say, about three months ago. It's by Rebellion. It's a big sort of coffee table kind of book. Um, it's looking at the price. It's $50 US. Um, it's saying it's $39.99 in pounds in sterling, but I think I, I think I got it for $24.99 from Amazon. Um, so it is. I think it's is available on a deal at the moment but it's it's just a beautiful beautiful thing um we've the amount of people in my sort of little circle of friends and stuff who've gone and bought it and all we do is like open at random pages and read stuff um there's some just some beautiful stuff there's you know the early days of stuff like doctor who and um blake seven comics and um yeah roy the rovers are you aware of roy the rovers i don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen him Oh my God! He'd, how many times, you know, Billy's boots where he used to lose his boots every week, and yep. then he'd have to find them before the big game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and somehow the the loss of the boots would p- play into the story. Yeah, that's great stuff. Every week, every yep. week, you know, it must have been a must have been a hell of a boring thing to write. Um, there's a load <laughs> of slain, <laughs> a load of slain pages in here. It's, um, I mean, I could I could sit here and just Don Harley. I could sit here and read out. You know, Jock's got a page. You know. Um, I could sit here and read every crayer out to you, and it'd be oh really, you know. And it's, there's a lot of scans, it's cut of David Lloyd pages, uh, just beautiful stuff, beautiful, beautiful stuff. And um, I'm beginning to worry about the uh, the floor in my house because I've got so many books like this now. But it, you've got to keep buying them, haven't you? You just, I just need yeah, this in my yeah. life. And it's, oh, uh, you have to, yeah. <laughs> it's an incredible thing. Yeah, it's uh, good stuff. That was it. Master British Comic Art. There you go. Yeah, I'm glad they put that out because, yeah. uh, like you said, there are some guys that. You know, on the tip of everyone's tongues, and then there's a good amount that you may not have seen, and you need a book like that every once in a while to just remind you of, hey, you're forgetting a bunch of blokes. And a lot of people weren't um, credited in British comics. It's quite a thing. It's right. um, only really in the mid '70s that everyone started getting credited for their writing and art. 
And even sometimes that was under pen names. I think John Wagner, I think we counted at a convention once, he had 11 pen names at one oh. point. Because <laughs> the publishers were sort of thinking, oh, he can't write all the stories in this, you know. Uh, we, we ran through a load of them. He said, no, no, that wasn't me. That was such and such. And it's like that. And, and Dave's got a real eye to work out whose art is what and who wrote what. And that we're losing that, that comics memory, I think, with us all getting yeah. old and forgetful and, yep. you know, passed away. We're losing that. I think these are the sort of books we need to keep going with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very worthwhile endeavor. Um, I think I remember DCBS had it for, I think it was 30% off. So it was it was a, it was high twenties, yeah. But I mean, worth every penny, yeah. That's good, man. That's a good price. Yeah, it's well worth it. It's hundreds and hundreds of pages. Yeah, it's it's a well put together book, you know. Yeah, people on the Slack were going on about that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. good stuff. Yeah, it, it turns out that Ian on the Slack, um, we work at the same place. We were about to meet and have a coffee. I've only just started working there. Uh, sort of a little side project and uh i was going to meet him for a coffee and then of course the virus happened so i never got to meet him but i think we we're about 100 yards from each other in our offices wow <laughs> that's great <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i love you cool <laughs> yeah he's a good guy yeah all right everybody hey we hope you enjoyed this because we sure did if you want more of this 11 o'clock comic stuff go to twitter reddit instagram and facebook all over there and do us a solid and take a peek at our patreon page patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics one one no apostrophe um we- speaking of patreon uh-huh um do you want to mention the book of the month nominees or yeah you go wanna- ahead you sure yeah why not um It is our Denny O'Neill edition. Uh, oh, so I voted all... in this. I voted. Good. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm 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 a little biased this time around. I, I um, all the books, every book we always put books on that um, we definitely you know we're 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 fine with reading with, without a doubt. Otherwise, they won't be on the list. They won't be eligible. Um, but there may have been some on the on the list in, in, in polls past where uh, maybe we were kind of hoping something wouldn't win and, and begrudgingly we end up reading it. But again, it's, it's we're reading it because it's, it's, we're fine with it because it's on the list. But, um, and I always try to just limit it to one character or, um, and one, one creator, but because it's Denny O'Neill and, and he's, he's done a lot of work where the collections all contain work with other writers. So um, I just tried to really find collections that well that were in print or available digitally um, and that contain mostly his work. Uh, so the list for this month and the poll ends, closes um, Saturday. So you have until then... To vote for one of these. Amazing Spider-Man Masterworks Volume 20, which collects Amazing Spider-Man numbers 203 through 212 and annual number 14. Azrael Volume 1 Fallen Angel, collecting Batman Sword of Azrael 1 through 4, Showcase 94 number 10, and the first seven issues of Azrael's ongoing. Um, The five issues containing Batman Venom from Legends of the Dark Knight numbers 16 through 20. Batman Tales of the Demon collects Detective Comics numbers 411, 485, 489, and 490. 
Batman numbers 232, 235, 240, 242, 243, and 244, and DC Special Series number 15. Daredevil Loves Labor's Lost. Collecting Daredevil numbers 215, 216, 217, 219, 220, 221, 222, and 225, and Iron Man numbers 178 through 195, and Iron Man annual numbers 6 and 7. Iron Man, The Enemy Within, collecting numbers 158 through 177, and annual number 5. And Iron Man, Ironmonger, collecting Iron Man numbers 193 through 200. Paramount and Iron Fist epic collection, Revenge, collecting Paramount and Iron Fist numbers 71, 72, 74 through 89, and Daredevil 178. And finally, the question... Zen and Violence, which is no longer in print, um, but is available digitally where you can get the six issues of the question uh, that kicked off that series by Denny O'Neill, Dennis Cohen, and uh, Rick Magyar. So that's it. So those are your 11 options, uh, those 11 titles. Um, the... There's actually one that hasn't been voted on at all, um, which is it is fine. Um, but yeah, everything else has been touched upon. Um, there is is one that I'm I'm kind of pulling for. I don't know if if everybody. I don't know if you guys are going to um, feel like either way. It's going to be an easy book of the month for me because because if one thing wins. I already read that, so it'll be cake. Uh, the other thing wins. I've been wanting to reread it anyway, and I'm going to, whether it does or not. But um, but it might be a little heavy, based on everything else going on in the world. There's there's a lot of shit that I've been reading, I guess lately that's been kind of heavy. But yeah, so there it is. So there's your Denny O'Neill edition of Book of the Month, um, voting in Saturday. Um, there you go. Nice. I love this Slack Slack community, guys. It's great, you know. It, it really is. It, yeah. Every day, all those emails I get from you with covers. You're an airboy at the moment, aren't you? I love airboy so much. Oh my god. Me too. Yeah. I wish I could just <laughs> make everyone that hasn't read that series just go out and get those issues. So good. It's it, so wacky as well. It is. Yeah. Anthropomorphic oh. rats. The heap. Uh, it's just, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Crazy Full good. Cree. Yeah. Yep. Oh, love it all. Yeah. No, it's really good. And the community is so nice, man. It's so supportive. It's so positive. It beats a lot of other social media out there at the moment, I've got to tell you. Yeah, it's really oh, good. It's nice. Well, and, and it seems like it sways from uh, boys club to support group <laughs> to yeah. um, promotional tool. Like one person will say, I just picked this up. I don't know if anybody's heard about it, but wow, look at it. And everybody be like, damn. And then you see, you can actually hear the people typing the URL in to go get the damn book or clicking on something. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, it is, it's a fun little community and, and, uh, we're very grateful for everybody that, uh, is there. Uh, we're also grateful to this man here. Mr. Tony Esmond for spending <laughs> time with us. No, and, thanks, um, guys. This is, I- 
thank you. I've had a. I love this podcast so much. Do the it. amount of dog walking I've done with this podcast <laughs> in my ears. It's uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a highlight of my week more than once these days, often, which is great. Awesome. Um, do yeah, do thanks yourself for me on. A, sorry, go. Ahead. No, I was just say, do yourself a huge favor. Get your hands on Atomic Hercules. And Tony Osmond is a movie star. It's at tribute-press.com. Yeah, Did I get that right? Tributepress.bigcartel.com. Um, I'd like oh. to point out, I also write children's comics. So don't think I'm like this sort of weird guy. Um, <laughs> I also write children's comics, littleheroescomics.co.uk. I do some uh, activity comics for kids there. Um, so I'm not that sinister. But right. yeah, yeah, we've just got a restock on uh, Tony Osmond and Atomic Hercules. So that'd be great. Sweet. Thanks, guys. Sweet. Uh, awesome comic podcast. Go to Nobrow and check out their stuff because you, if you yeah. haven't seen it before, you will be staggered and surprised at the quality of these books. Just do everything Tony and you'll be fine. <laughs> if I recommend one, it'd be In Waves. Go and get In Waves. AJ Dungo is, is the, the, the nicest guy. It's the most touching, heartbreaking book. And he's doing a little um, fundraiser for a local cancer hospital, which is linked to the book, actually, if you know it. Awesome. at the moment so is um age dungs a-g-e-d-u-n-g-s is uh is uh, instagram he's one of these millennials so he's only on instagram but uh, can have a look at his stuff yeah mm. anything else i thank overlooked you. that you would like to oh no man include? thank you no I'm, yeah just for you be very generous thank you ah. and uh do yourself a favor and come back next time because we'll be here waiting for you as always it's yeah in the meantime this is a bit I like. <laughs> you can hum or do something in the in the interim. In the meantime, say good night. Go ahead, Tony. David. Oh, oh no! There you go. Nice. Oh. He's cheating. He, I know he's cheating. He, I'm sure you you you're cheating, this, Dave. David. What's going good on? night. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to start doing some scat or something, David. Oh, nice. It was that kind of podcast. <laughs> There's no mashed potatoes here. Oh, maybe that means something different across the pond. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does. <laughs> I'll tell you a story after we stop. Oh, oh boy. Oh, yeah, now, now all of a sudden we're blue. <laughs> all right, people. Thank you. Go do some good stuff and keep yourself healthy and safe and do the same for your loved ones. Come back next time and you two guys have to say good night. Later. See you later. <laughs>